On this episode of the Saw Wars Time Show, Manig will put Ahsoka Season 1 to bed by revisiting their wants and predictions from before it aired. Since it's hard to say goodbye, they'll also recap the show's best moments and maybe even a few of its duds if Nick is feeling spicy. But first, they'll discuss some new insights into Del Toro's Job of the Hutt cancelled film, as well as some news about Star Wars movie hitting other networks in the near future. Of course, the show will end with a question of the week responses and the latest round of top five Star Wars fan honest features. Punch it, Chewy. Now, everybody, hey, you guys, I feel like doing the truffle shuffle. Anyone want to <laughs> take off their shirts and shake their jiggly as as Arnold calls it now, his boodle. I love that guy. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger's always been a hero of mine. I don't know about you, Nick. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a pure child of the 80s. I know you took a few years to come out. Mm-hmm. But when I think back to my childhood, and I probably shouldn't have been watching all of his movies as a five, six-year-old, but I mean, he was the guy. Like he was everything: uh, oh, yeah. Commando, Running Man, Predator, uh, Terminators, uh, you name it. Into the the comedy career, uh, and being someone that likes to you know work on his body a bit, I've always enjoyed them and pumping iron and and all of his Olympia stuff before he became an actor. So. The reason we're talking Arnold, uh, he, he just did an interview on Stern last week and it was just, it was fantastic. It reminded me of how much I, I love this dude, how much of a mang he is and just an <laughs> overall, you know, good person. He, he made some fuck ups, you know, he, he rammed his maid and, and had a bastard son, but you know, he, he's paid for that and uh, I, I don't think he's happy with his choice and hey, everyone, everyone's human, makes some fuck ups, but Apparently, Nick, he's got a new book out, a motivational book, and it's supposed to be excellent. So if you're someone out nice. there that you feel like you're stuck in a rut, you need a little Austrian kick in the ass, <laughs> you got to check it out. It's well, just, you it live a, in like Arnold Central. Yeah. I mean, that's where uh-huh. they hold the Arnold every year. You live, what, like 20 minutes from where, yeah, they, I mean, where they do I, it? I could ride my one wheel if I wasn't scared of the one wheel at this mm-hmm. point in time. Yes. Hundred yeah. percent, dude. Because Taylor went there. Taylor, like Taylor, used to be an Olympic weightlifter. Oh yeah, it, it's a mecca. It like that, like, like the Arnold is the mecca for fitness people: bodybuilding, CrossFit, martial arts, powerlifting. Yeah. It's like their Olympics every year. So oh yeah, 100%. yeah. I mean, she, she competed there one year and like just had like you know she didn't do as well as she wanted to in the competition, but I mean she just had a great time like being there, seeing all of the different like you know fitness people, seeing yep. all of the different bodybuilders. Nick, and, was she know, just CrossFit or was she into like the body like you know so female never, bodybuilding, fitness pageants, that type of no, shit? No, never did any of that. So basically, she did CrossFit from like before she moved back to America in 2015, because she lived in Italy with her parents for a while, but she moved back to the U S into Austin in 2014. And from that time she was doing CrossFit, but then um, probably around 2018 or so um, she 
she stopped doing CrossFit and moved exclusively to doing Olympic weightlifting, which is the weightlifting you see in the Olympics. Like Olympic weightlifting is not powerlifting. Those are right. two different things. Correct. Um, so she started doing Olympic lifting in 2018 and then she went to the Arnold and competed in Olympic weightlifting in 20, Sweet. what is it? 2021, the year after, like the year after the pandemic, when things kind of like settled down a little bit more. Or it might have been 2019. It might have been the year before the pandemic. Yeah, before I can't, it got fucked. Yeah, I can't remember if it was 2019 or 2021, but she she was in Columbus, went to the Arnold, competed, like saw all of the, you know, like she saw her her favorite Olympic lifter like compete and like just got to see all of the craziness that goes on at the Arnold because the Arnold is like everything. It's yep. bodybuilding, it's powerlifting, it's Olympic lifting, it's all of it, so... Um, it was, she had a, a great time for sure. It, it can, I'll, I'll tell you what, the convention floor smells a little bit because yeah. <laughs> everyone there is dieting or cutting. So you get a lot of that spray tan smell and mm-hmm. ketosis because everyone is essentially in ketosis at a bodybuilding expo. I, I used to go every year when I was hardcore into the bodybuilding scene and, you know, got to ride around with some of the old meatballs in their limos. It was uh, quite an experience. But yeah, anyways, Arnold's the fucking man. I love that guy. He He's a hero of mine, just like uh, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg is up there too. I look to Snoop. He's like my shaman. His lifestyle is one I, I like <laughs> to mimic as much as I can. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> my role models are Snoop Dogg, Arnold, and Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Darth Vader. So There you go. Now you know why I am the way I am on this show, which includes <laughs> dealing with stupid fans. As as Nick, it was funny. Nick, you know, with his he he's making some content these days, kind of getting into it, seeing how people interact, and he's finally started to see just how brain dead most Star Wars fans are. And I'm like, see, dude, see, I know I'm a little crazy <laughs> like to begin with, but now maybe you, you might get some of my outbursts on the show because it's like. Are we even in the same universe with these people when it comes to processing moving Star Wars images and coming up with a thoughtful explanation about what you just saw? It it is crazy, isn't it? Yeah, no, I mean, it is like I know that and I like I work in marketing and social media and stuff like that. So I like. I basically know that like, it doesn't matter what somebody, like somebody could go on to a post and just leave a string of emojis that don't mean anything. All that does is help us. So like, I just like, I I looked at the TikTok one time and it was on a, it was on one of the posts where I was like, I want to see the heroes struggle. And the guy, like the comment was, well, didn't all the Jedi get wiped out in order 66? That was a struggle. I was like, that was 40 years ago. Right. And how does that have any bearance on the story that's being told in Ahsoka? I was like, Jesus, man, it's just like, it's really like sometimes if you go on there and you don't just look at it for like, like just purely for numbers, it's like, man, people have a really weird way of thinking about stuff. (laughs) It it, it is wild. I mean, it's like, you know, people were telling our, our buddies over at beyond the dune sea that this show was set after a new hope and all sorts of other odd theories. Speaking of Beyond the Dune Sea, they put out a bit last week that I, I have to mention. It's like, listen, I, you know me. I fucking hate everyone else that talks about Star Wars outside of Nick and myself. Okay, so this is, this is like some emotional growth for Matt here. That I can actually talk about and promote another show that's directly competing with us. Mm-hmm. If not, has already blown us out of the water. <laughs> 
because they 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 nailed a fucking a great content drop in the middle of Soka and their IG account went from like 10 to three or 4,000. So nice. they now have an engaged audience, which, which we still do not. We're getting there with Nick's help here, but I I'm happy for what happened to them, but they, they did a great bit last week where they like the one guy got all dressed up as Anakin. He's pretending he was a force ghost. If you're, if you want to check out something that's not just, you know, one guy that's even keel and the other guy's insane and they add a little production to their show. Check them out. Like I'm, I'm becoming a huge fan, even though it hurts me to say that. So, you know, fuck you, Connor, but I love you. <laughs> all right. Does that make sense? Don't, don't get upset. I do love you. You guys are kicking ass. Um, but hey, come on, keep promoting us, right? Just say, hey, we, we learned about this from these guys, even if you did. <laughs> all right. Throw us a bone. All right, Nick. So, hey, we're back to no new Star Wars. So thanks for coming. We'll see you next week. <laughs> No, you, you know, we, we, we figure out some stuff to talk about, but if you are new here to a non-in-season Star Wars episode of the SWTS, prepare for even more tangents and randomness. If you're on the live stream, and by the way, we'd love for you to join 5P East back on Tuesdays, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. Um, but we, we, you know, sometimes we'll do a little pop culture. We'll go off the rails. I'll get angry. Nick will be calm. I'll cut him off. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. His fans will get mad at me and send me shit in the mail. So I, I want to kick things off with a pretty fantastic new IP in the sci-fi space. And, you know, Nick and I have been talking about this. I didn't get to see it week one. Got to check it out finally last week. But uh, I took in Gareth Edwards, the creator. And I have to say... Wow. I mean, this this is the type of movie I live for, right? New IP, fantastic visuals, interesting but familiar sci-fi conundrum, you know, with with AI and is AI real? AI and organics, what does that mean when they do become sentient? Uh, should they get the same rights so on and so forth? And and they take it even a bit further to where like the world kind of splits on that view where you have us, you know, the the military hardcore mangs of America wanting to annihilate AI where the, the rest of the world kind of wants to harbor them and treat them like a, another species. In fact, almost like an evolution of humanity, which if we think about it, that is going to be the next evolution. It, it probably will be sentient AI. And and. Hey, I might sound crazy, but fuck all of you. I mean, look how much has changed in just not even a year's time since the release of ChatGPT. It's insane what this shit can do. So yes, I do believe at some point in time, especially because we're the motherfuckers programming and training these things, they will eventually develop human emotions. They already have our implicit biases because we, we unknowingly build it into the code, but it's, it's inevitable. So anyways, the creator, all right? Visually fantastic. I, I mean, just, just looks great. Nothing looks fake. Everything looks unique. Um, Black Series, someone from the toy photography community, he just created a custom figure to look like some of the, the, the true AI in the film, and it looked great. But it, it just, like, visually, th- this film stands above a lot of sci-fi. Just, it just kind of feels fresh. You know, the vehicles, the, 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 the city streets, the, the AIs, how they build them, the, the, I forget what they call them. They have some AIs that wear a skin. They have a special name for them. Uh, but it, it's just it, visually fantastic. 
and really the story, while, you know, I'd argue there's there's a few problems there and there, here and there, pacing, things may go too fast, things are glossed over a bit, but the story's actually pretty damn good as well. You know, there there's full character growth for the main characters. Uh, this, this little actor, actress, I, I, I don't know her name and I'm, I'm ashamed for that, but she steals the show. Uh, the little kid on the poster here, just absolutely amazing. Definitely will pull on your heartstrings towards the end. And, and I usually know that's a good sign. Like if my Grinch level heart can feel something, especially when it's technically not a real human being, uh, then I feel that the uh, creators have done their job. So speaking of the creators, Gareth Edwards, Nick, you know, we, we, we've heard Tony, Lord Gilroy shit talk him more or less, right? Like pretty much yeah. threw I mean, him to- under the bus to- with Rogue One. To- Tony rewrites the last 10 minutes of a movie and then takes credit for the whole fucking thing. Like yeah. that's a, like we make fun of Tony Gilroy a lot on this show and I think deservingly so, because he takes credit for Rogue One, a movie where he that he worked on for two and a half days, and then says, it's my movie. It's like the dude is an egomaniac. <laughs> yeah, but hey, we, we love him. We call him Lord Gilroy for a reason. He gave us Andor, and it is some choice live-action Star Wars. I mean, it's undeniable. He, he truly is a skilled man. He's one of the biggest narcissists on the planet, though, and I, I really felt like he kind of did Gareth dirty even more so now after watching this movie. And like I told Nick, I mean, you, you sit through the credits. It's like created by Gareth, directed by Gareth, screenplay by Gareth and somebody original, this by somebody. It's like, Jesus. I mean, his, his fingerprints are all over this. And I have to give a human credit when they can cook up a world like this on paper and then organize a studio, uh, you know, hundreds of people, actors, whatnot, to craft his vision onto the big screen. So I don't know how it did box office wise. I'm sure not well, which is going to be a shame. Yeah. I just, I just read that expendables four has been in like the top 10 for the past three weeks. So who knows, maybe there's a chance, but this is a movie you definitely should check out in theaters. Don't sit around and wait for streaming at home. Um, it, it warrants a, a big screen watch and, I again, I'm I'm ashamed. What what do you know this dude's name, Nick? I mean, he's been in a bunch of big movies. Uh, Tenant. Uh, oh, that's like uh, John David Washington, I believe. Yeah, that, yeah. Name. There you go. The first time I ever saw him was in um, Dwayne's the the Ballers. Baller series, Ballers, yeah, which is another mm-hmm. great series. So, um, have fun with that. But two thumbs up for me on the creator. If you want a number, it's it's eight, maybe eight five. It's 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 very enjoyable. For people that like Star Wars, you'll have a hard time not liking the creator. How's that? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of those movies that I want to see like once we get back into a theater because we haven't been for a bit now. Um, but the creator was one where like last time we went, we saw previews and we're like this. We were both like, this seems really cool. So I th- I do think that we will uh, try to go see it in its theatrical run before it inevitably goes to some streaming service. <laughs> yeah, you best, you best. Cause I mean, you, unless you got a, a killer home setup, this is one that I, if you see the ship on the poster, that's worth seeing on a big screen alone. Like some of the noises that thing makes and, and what it does that that's worth seeing with some sound and with some screen size, as they like to say. 
Uh, all right, that's the creator. I, I did have something else to say, but naturally it's been forgotten. So I guess we'll just get right into stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, these, these days, if I don't just switch right to it, and for those of you to get upset when I when I cut Nick off, a lot of times it's for that reason right there. I'm like, if I don't shit this out of my mouth, it's gone. Like it, it's going to be fucking deleted in the holy brain. Okay. So uh, again, it's never to be rude to my man. You just never know. I, I get excited sometimes. Damn it. It was a decent thought, too. <laughs> it's like I don't I don't have many decent thoughts and I like to get them out when I do uh, cook them up. But oh, well. Um, all right. So, I mean, typically for the past eight weeks at this point in time, we, we'd be settling in for close to two hours of Ahsoka analysis. And while we do still plan to touch on Ahsoka, this is going to be our, as we like to call it, the Ahsoka punch out. Not physically slapping her around, but, it, you know, a construction term. We're, we're punching out the job, putting it to bed. We're leaving it alone until hopefully season two gets announced. But before that, we've got some low-hanging fruit to get through, some things we really haven't dealt with over the past seven weeks as we've been giving you our expert Ahsoka analysis. And yes, expert with a capital E. Um, and the one, we, you know, Nick, we didn't have much time a week or two ago when we first heard about this. But well, we got some more insights last week in the uh, about the the Guillermo del Toro Job of the Hut movie, and he he sat down with I think it was Collider and and, and talked a little bit more about it. Uh, dropped one line that you know I'd like to hear Nick's thoughts on it and, and what he dreamed that it it would have turned out to be. But Nick, when they, when they kind of asked him about, it, we already know it was going to be about Job of the Hut. Uh, we heard some uh, rumblings from MSW way back when that Alden Ehrenreich was going to be involved. They're kind of try to use the end of the solo movie to kind of lead into this Job of the Hut film. Uh, but now, thanks to this interview, Guillermo has revealed that the movie was truly going to be the complete rise and fall of Job of the Hut. Mm -hmm. uh, he was super happy about it. Uh, I'll just read what he's saying here. We were doing a lot of stuff, and then it's not my property, it's not my money, and then it's one of those 30 screenplays that goes away. Sometimes I'm bitter, sometimes I'm not. I always turn to my team and say, good practice, guys, good practice. We designed a great world, we designed great stuff, we learned. And then he went on and said, you can never be ungrateful with life. Whatever life sends you, there's something to be learned from it. So, you know, I trust the universe, I do. When something doesn't happen, I go, why? I try to have a dialogue with myself. Why didn't it happen? And the more you swim upstream with the universe, the less you're going to realize where you're going. Listen yeah. to that, people. I don't give a fuck if he's talking about Star Wars or not. That is some great fucking advice in life. Both of those quotes, the one being how to handle disappointment and lost work, and the second one being... You know, don't fight the fucking universe. And, and I, I like that he said universe because I am someone, you know, I was conscripted into Catholicism, didn't have a choice, confirmed all that, did it until I was like 2021. 20, and, and I've broken free of all that stuff. Uh, I don't even know if I want to say I'm spiritual, but I most definitely believe in the universe. I think I've said it before on the show. I, I, I think I've more or less settled on whatever the Native Americans believed in. You know, being in in uh, like a symbiotic relationship with the universe, the earth, all that fun shit, like real hippie stuff. But honestly, I think a lot more grounded in reality than magical people 
Okay, mm-hmm. but that that's that's my take. Um, but but I, I like what he said there, Nick. But what I want to get out of you is the rise and fall of Job the Hut. I mean, wh- wh- how far back do you think he was going? Like, are we going back to what Narhada and, and the Hut Council, yeah. and he gets anointed to take over the Tatooine sector, or is it just you know starting with him in his castle? Stuff like that. Like, like the Jabba the Hutt really have a rise to glory story? I just figured he was always there. Hey, now, everybody, Matt here. Just letting you know, we had a major technical snafu when we were recording the live stream this week. So, yeah, you just heard part one. Now you're about to delve into part two, which we go for another two hours and 40 minutes almost. Hopefully you enjoy, and hopefully we don't have any issues next week. But remember, we should be back to live streaming Tuesday on YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. All right? Enjoy. Hey, everybody! Look at the new lights! Look at the (laughs) new lights! I'm a fucking pro now! Yeah! Look at that! Ring lighting it up! You want me to make it brighter for all you people? Watch this. Look, now I'm Casper the Ghost. Then we can take it down a little bit more. Looking good. Not looking bad. Bad is here. Joey's here. Our man B-Mad. Now, let me address Mr. B-Mad real quickly, okay? Because he did something very nicely for, or very nice for us. And he, he has been doing something very nice for us. I, uh, Mr. B-Mad here is our only paying customer, Nick. Yes, okay? yes. This individual has been, he's actually tipped us a few times, and then yesterday he he figured out that we have now been approved for whatever the fuck they're called, supers. He was the first to do a super, and unfortunately, just as he did it, (laughs) that's when the uh, internet gods kind of took me the fuck out. Uh, So we didn't really have time to celebrate our first ever super, but I wanted to take that time as we open part two of E282 of the SWTS. Big shout out to BMAD. We see you, brother. We appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, I wouldn't say we do it for the money, but it definitely makes us feel special. So we appreciate you. You kick ass. Um, Just make sure you have enough to eat, drink, (laughs) smoke, whatever you got to do. Yeah. You know, We're, we're, we're doing okay, but... We see you. And for All those right. of you I, who are you. also interested, it the, the super is basically like a $5 monthly subscription that you can do on our YouTube channel. Uh, oh, no, th- that's just in chat, man. We we haven't even started the membership yet. Oh, that's not yet. even the membership so, yet. Okay. Yeah, supers are like they There's, can pay to essentially have their, their message stand out oh, and get okay, pinned yeah. for a little bit. And you can take it all the way up to like four or $500. Man, and we're, we're not going to stop you. I mean, you got four ninety nine, nine ninety nine. dollars Nineteen ninety nine, and then you can just drag a slider. There you so go. So for your big spenders out there, like two seven nine seven studios making <laughs> making rad shit, drag it on up. Yeah, take it on up into the hundies. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, we so we do also have the ability to set up like a monthly yeah, subscription now too. But correct. we're discussing like what tier, like what amount we want to do for that. So that that'll be coming soon. And with that, we'll if we actually have people who are interested and in, in, in do subscribe to the channel, then we'll get some like special emotes made. So you guys yeah, can use I mean, that in chat. And stuff. Listen, I've, you know me, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, I've always been itchy about sticking my hand out. Uh, but at this point in time, who, who gives a fuck? It, it seems like everyone on the internet, if they do anything content creation wise is like, fuck you pay me. So why not? We'll make ourselves look more special than we are. It, it, it's all good. Uh, the memberships will be very minimum, and I don't even know if you'll get anything special. Maybe we'll start 
uh, <laughs> blocking out the the live streams for fifty cents, <laughs> uh, which means all of our 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 regulars will just drop off and we'll have no one watching mm-hmm. the show. But like Nick said, we'll get there. But if you're feeling fun, you're feeling itchy. Right now, you can hit those supers in the chat and uh, waste some of your money on our dumbasses. But I will tell you, I mean, I, I think my my new lighting setup is pretty fucking epic. It, those ring lights really do work, believe it or not, as long as you can figure out where to put it. I also raised myself in my seat, Nick, so I sit up like a big boy. Nice. And uh, I, I saw myself lecturing today, and I am like, I'm essentially the hunchback of Notre Dame. Like I'm already short and I'm, I'm bent over my, like my chin is just barely above the desk. So I look like I'm three feet tall, uh, but I, I've got it pumped up today. There you go. Yeah. Bango. You, you missed the, the most epic of tech fails last night on the SWTS about 20 minutes into the show. My ISP completely, uh, stuck one up my old bunghole. It just see you later. Um, it, it, it came back 20 minutes later and then dropped again, back and dropped, back and dropped. So we made the call. We're just doing two parts. So we've got like 20 minutes from yesterday on the show where I kind of go through my glowing review of the creator. Uh, I believe I talk about how I think I'm a Native American now when it comes to my beliefs in the universe, like Guillermo del Toro. And uh, then we briefly started to scratch the surface on this kind of updated story about Guillermo del Toro's Job of the Hut film. And that's right where we got kicked in the nuts. Um, so Nick, we'll, we'll pick up right here and move right along. We got a few low hanging fruit type of deals. Uh, the next one I know you're going to love cause you predicted it. We got some insights in the skeleton crew. Possibly. I still think it's bullshit until the actors are done. Uh, and then we'll, we'll get into our bread and butter segment. And that is punching out Ahsoka. And no, that's not Nick grabbing her by her tails and giving her the old one, too. We're just going to put it to bed. It's time. And it's sad. It sucks. I love having new Star Wars to talk about. Who knows what the fuck I'll be talking about next week by myself. But you can count your pretty asses. I'll be here. And maybe I'll bring a special friend. I see, I should try to get one of these beyond the Dune Sea motherfuckers <laughs> to... Uh, to join us today. I'll tell you what, man, they, they, they are in our algorithm. Cause every time I open IG, it's like, bam, they're getting, they're getting promos from, uh, other big accounts now. Like, Hey, check these guys out. They're getting shout outs. I'm like, you know what? Good for them. But where the fuck are our fans at ever? I mean, come on. He's like, Hey, listen to these guys. Hey, listen to these guys. Do we ever get any of that shit? No. From like two or three of you. So we, we see you, we know who you are. Bat, you the fucking man. Look at that. He's up there. Even though uh, I, I guess they're, they're technically, I guess everyone gets the first super on a stream. So we love you, buddy. There he goes. He's giving us the, the horns. <laughs> Thank you, sir. You know, let's just have a whole fucking show with people throwing money at us. And we'll, t- we'll, we'll <laughs> talk about their names and stuff. Hey, you know what? Speaking of Bat, since he, he did that, Nick, you'll like this. This is something I could see you even collecting. I don't know if you got the camera on, but check that out. I got the uh, handcrafted, hand-painted, hand-sanded Darth Maul skull from 2797 Studios. Nice. My man Bat hooking me up here. This thing is fucking radical, all right? If you're you're not on the live stream, just doing audio only, make sure... To check out the uh, the YouTube version this oh, week, because this skull 
like I said, is something I could see even young Nick maybe looks getting down with here. Pretty sick. Looks pretty sick oh, for it, sure. It, it's it's so cool. It's got a nice little stand and everything. Let me make sure I get it on there so I don't fuck it up like I already did. <laughs> um, it literally, dude, it got here right. I unpack it. It's sitting on the table, and um, there was like some tape still stuck to it. One of the cats jumps up there, gets the tape going. You know, doing uh, like the, yeah. the fucking. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 blah. Knocks the fucking face off oh. and already, already chipped the fucking horn. Oh no. Literally <laughs> 10 seconds after unpacking it, this beautiful collectible is fucking scratched. Cats for so you. I had to ask, had to ask bad about the paint and, um, I don't know, I'll figure it yeah. out, but it, it really is a thing of beauty. Uh, it's currently sitting on my, my desk right now. Um, Gotta figure out what the fuck I'm doing here. All right, there we go. Okay, I didn't want that to fall again, so thank you, Bat. Look at this. Hey, you guys asked for it. We'll do it. We're showing Bango some skin. What do you want, a nipple? There you go. Get banned on Ab YouTube. Shot. There you go. Ab shot, brother. There you go, Bango. Thank you. $5. Let's get some. This is fun. Let's just keep doing this. It's like we're winning the lottery. <laughs> All right. In all seriousness, no, I love you guys. I appreciate Thank you. it. Thank you guys uh, for yeah, your donation. Appreciate you don't have to unless we start charging memberships, and then then you owe us big time. <laughs> uh, holy shit. Look at that. We, we got cash going all over the place at this point in time. It's out of control here. All right. Um, hopefully, we don't crash the chat again. It kind of looks like it might be crashed a little bit. Let me see. All right. No, we're good. We're good. All right, Nick. So let's pick back up with this story. Uh, real quick recap here, if you weren't here yesterday. We knew Del Toro and Goyer were commissioned to do a Job of the Hut movie. Uh, we also knew through MSW, a report that came out a few weeks ago, and uh, it, it, it was revealed that this film more than likely would have been a, a loose follow-up to the Solo movie. I mean, it was set up at the end, like, hey, you know, this Jabba guy, yada, yada, let's go check him out, right? Him and, him and Han here. Mm -hmm. So it, it probably would have been pretty fucking rad. Uh, but outside of that, we didn't know much until uh, this or last week or something. Collider talked with Guillermo and kind of asked him about it. And he, he kind of laid out a very broad stroke of what this movie was going to be about. And so we were going to riff on that, Nick. And I'm not going to reread the quotes, uh, although you all should read it. Because like I said, that some great life advice in here about dealing with rejection, uh, failure, uh, losing something that you you thought you had he had really good words to say here especially if you're a leader of of humans and how to kind of keep them focused but really the the line that caught our our eye is this film nick was supposed to be about the rise and then the fall of job of the hut and that's kind of where we got fucked yesterday yeah so what do you where do we start? You know, if it's the rise and fall, I, we know the huts are always dealing in crime. They're, they're kind of one of the main mob families out there. Is it, do you think it would have been like Jabba rising within the hut ranks or kind of his rise on Tatooine as the daimyo yeah, I, I, that they, they now call him? I would hope that they would have shown his, like his rise within the huts to take the throne of Tatooine. However, that happened. Obviously we don't have a ton of information about Jabba's backstory. I mean, even, you know, towards episode one, he was still in his seat. You know, he was still the, the, one of the primary huts on Tatooine. 
at the time he was a high ranking member within the hut cartel. So it would have been interesting if you kind of showed him as a younger hut coming up through the cartel, making his, uh, you know, his name known in the, in the various things that he did to, to really earn that seat. Cause I got to imagine that it doesn't come easily, especially within the hut cartel that, that you are given essentially control over an entire planet um, as far as they're concerned. So, you know, the, the beginning half of the journey is definitely uh, where I would see the most interest being because it's the, it's the part of Jabba's life that we know the least about. Yeah. Obviously Jabba's not like a, a heavily followed character in Star Wars. We kind of pop in on him here and there throughout all of the different uh, content that spans since Star Wars is released. Um, but we know his ultimate downfall, you know, we know that he gets killed at the end of ROTJ, the, you know, we, we all know the story. So what would have really been interesting is like the inner workings of his rise. And then what is really going on during his reign, uh, as Daimyo, as the, as the Daimyo of the Tatooine hut cartel, um, so yeah, it's it's an interesting story, and it could have been t- like told in a really cool way. I would imagine it to be like very, if you've ever seen like some of the Martin Scorsese or even like you know non Scorsese yeah. kind of gangster <laughs> that's films. A, that's who should direct it, yeah. and Le- Leonardo DiCaprio could be Job of the Hut. Exactly, you know, like if you if you've seen some of those like you know Goodfellas or you know Bronx Tale, Casino stuff like that, like those style of like gangster movies. That are that are like centered around these like these big gangster characters. It would have been a really interesting way to to explore that character. Um, but obviously, you know, I think in, in Guillermo's quote, he said that, you know, there's a ton of opportunities to write drafts and scripts that come across his, his desk and, and stuff like that. And this is one of many. And obviously it never turned into anything. This was happening at the height of. Uh, you know, when, when Disney was really taking in a lot of scripts to, to potentially build out for the Star Wars storyline. And then clearly that didn't pan out. So, um, but it would have been a, a really cool character exploration, if anything else. And I, and, you know, I think that's kind of what they were using the Star Wars stories for were, were character explorations. I mean, we saw that with Solo kind of getting a, a view into his very young life, how he made his way first into the empire and then obviously into the rebellion. And it could have been a, a cool character exploration for Jabba the Hutt as well. Yeah. Bango. I'm kind of with Bango here. He's saying, I don't know if I could do a full movie of Hatties. That, that would be a, a lot of reading. It, it would essentially like be, be going to a foreign language film. Like the, the first time I watched crouching tiger something like that, where you're, you're reading the whole time. Cause I, I don't think they would opt to have Jabba start to speak basic considering he has never spoken basic, you know, I mean, outside of, Oh, Han, my booty, yeah, you know, Jedi. I mean, yeah, like he'll, he'll throw a few words in there, but his predominant dialect is definitely Hattie's. Yeah. You know what I what I wonder, Nick, the rise and fall, how much content do you think they would have covered during the OT? You know, as as Han has become kind of someone he's hunting down and not more or less someone that he loves. Cause we we know from A New Hope, even up to Empire, that that 
Jabba really liked working with Han Solo. Yeah. I mean, Han Han did did good for him, made him money, one of his best smugglers until he dumped that spice at the first sign of a Star Destroyer. And that's where, you know, shit kind of hit the fan with these two. I just wonder beyond that, like how much would they show of, of Jabba? Would, would they show him getting mixed up in the galactic fray at all? Yeah. Uh, you know, would, would, is he the one that Vader phoned to get the bounty hunters in Empire Strikes Back? You know what I mean? Because, you know, Boba at that time, all of them at that time were fairly loyal to Mr. The Hutt. Um, so that that's the stuff if we're truly covering the rise and fall, I wonder how much of the OT era they would have focused in on that stuff. Cause you definitely could have got squirrely if Alden was playing the Han at that point in time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause that that's Harrison's Han, not Alden's Han time. I mean, given the timeline that this was probably pitched, I mean, th- this may have been pitched before Alden was even cast as, as Han for the solo movie. As far as we, I mean, like we, who knows, but I would imagine that you would have had to ha- like Han Solo would have at least made an Do appearance. Um, you know, depending on what, you know, like there's so many factors that go into it. I doubt that they would have done a full digital recreation of, of Han Solo for the movie or, you know, you just don't really focus on Han. Like you, you maybe right, yeah, make exactly. mention of him. I think the biggest issue with probably making this movie is like your primary character is essentially immobile. Like you're like, yep. he's, he, and it's, he's a bad guy. Like, I mean, how did, how do you make a bad guy? Someone you root for? Oh, I dude, know we've, we've talked about the this, Godfather, <laughs> like, Watch the true, Godfather. True. That's the whole the whole movie is, is about bad guys. Um, true enough. True enough. Um, but I think the I think the primary issue is that he's immobile. Like, yeah, we've seen him move in like the the cut in scene in episode four of the OT. Oh, and, and that, that looks like great. Terrible. It that looks so good. Yeah, I mean that was awful. <laughs> but you have to imagine that, like, especially when you get to like later times, like when he's already established on Tatooine and he's in his seat you know, and stuff like that. Like the dude doesn't move. So I don't know how Guillermo had planned to tell the story in a, in a visual sense. Like, are you, are you kind of using him as the centerpiece and then like telling stories like, you know, after like, you know, interacting with Jabba and then you're kind of following his minions around maybe, or yeah, I think, I think you're right. Unless you're going to have a bunch of assholes carrying him around like the twins were in the book of Boba Fett, yeah. you know, on their, I forget what, what, what are those things uh, called? The, not chariot, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, I don't it's know. a called wait, the lit, wait, wait, like what? the the litter is the like, litter. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The litter. Yeah, whatever. You know what? What crazy rich people used to have slaves? Yeah, you know, walk them around the 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 city square back in the day. That thing. That is an interesting point. If you just have a big fat slob that doesn't move as your main. Uh, how do you make that you you're right i mean all the action would have to be via you know third person characters or ancillary characters not yeah. not your protagonist as weird as that may sound but you you're right i mean jabba at least in the in the land of swago now nick he he is a galactic legend so he is at least considered in star wars gaming at least a a huge power player yeah. because galactic legends in that game are the dyad, uh, Lord Vader, you know, the, the Anakin guy, um, 
Rots Kenobi, and now General Leia. So uh, you, you got to be a fucking player to make Galactic Legend status in Sogo, and, and Jabba has. And, you know, he just we just kind of got a, a little deeper look at the huts and how they operate in the uh, War of the Bounty Hunters run from a, a few years ago. Uh, they actually did try to fuck over Jabba. So it would be interesting. It would just, as Nick said, it it would be 100% a Star Wars mafia movie where, yeah, they're a family, but everyone's still, you know, angling to get their piece of the pie, earn the most favor, and eventually become the top of the pyramid. I, you know what? Bat, Bat's comment here, dude, I was thinking this exact thing. You know, when we were comparing it to mob movies, he said... Crumb with the whole, you think I'm funny yeah. scene? I, mean, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, dude, salacious as uh, as fucking Joe Pesci. Yeah. hundred percent. Like it, like it's, it's, it's spot on. Um, uh, Swago, sorry, League. Swago is Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. It's a crack game on mobile that's been out since 2015. And I've played it every single day since then. Uh, I don't want to play it anymore, mm. but uh, the intern forces me to do it. So, yeah, I played it for um, a couple of years, and then I yeah we 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 fucked Nick up for a few years, ruined his his life. It, it, it's a life suck. It's a life. It suck. really is. It's like one of those games that you like. It it just forces you to play it every day until you can physically pull yourself away from it. <laughs> yeah, I do. I I just I need. I, I just I have a, a massive account too. Like I I just want to move it to somebody. Yeah, I I would recoup probably spread out spread throughout the day two to three hours yeah there you go i would i would say so at night now instead of like watching cool tv or i don't know playing fucking modern video games <laughs> what am i doing i'm on my fucking phone tap 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 click tap 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 auto tap tap click top auto auto tap auto it's awful it's like doing fucking homework what's my problem i don't know I uh, I don't like letting people down, even though I'm the one that got the intern into it. So I should be allowed to to, to pull ripcord whenever I want, right? I'm the fucking enabler. <laughs> you suck yeah, yourself so, in. There you I, go. dude. It's I don't know, man. But there is it. I the collector in me also doesn't bode well for this type of game because that's really all you do, my friends. Like right now, I'm trying to collect General Leia, Jedi Knight, Cal Kestis. Uh, shit like that. It's just, it's that, oh, one more play. I'll get that much closer to collecting that character to use. Yeah! Don't be me. Play adult video games, <laughs> all right? Thank you. All right, gang. Yeah, see, everyone has a cracky game. Nick, do you have any more cracky mobile, or are you fully free of that shit? No, I don't really have a mobile game that I'm playing any, what a anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I am jealous of you. I, I honestly, as great as these things are, I wish they would go away. Like, like smartphones are awful. They're <laughs> awful. They've turned us all in the fucking freaks to just sit there and worship a screen versus doing human shit. And I don't even like people, but I still feel like there's, it's too much at this point in time. I mean, my house sometimes it's, oh, hey, how you doing? It's like this, just phone in front of the face, kids on the fucking iPad. I'm sitting there twiddling my thumbs like, this is it. This is it, huh? This is the fucking 21st century family. Cool. That's what Wally, Wally told us everything that was coming. It's coming. Thank you, Wally. <laughs> I love that guy. I love Wally. All right. Yeah. So, Jabba the Hutt, it's fucked. Guillermo del Toro is a fucking champion. Just, just read the article, like I said. He has quotes in there that have nothing to do with Jabba the Hutt. 
but they are masterful. If you're a human that, you know, might, might be down in the toilet, uh, might not be thinking straight, might get down after a fail or adversity, this guy has got some good words for you. Uh, they are the albatross around our necks. That's right, Bat. There's no doubt about it. And the sad thing is a lot of us that probably listen to this show went 20 plus years without needing one. That's the fucking crime right there. We've all been duped. Like, Okay. So, Nick, this one I pulled for you because we, we want to celebrate and honor you. <laughs> all right. I'm usually the one that wants my, my PP sucked and all that for my speculation wins and my overall excellence at being a Star Wars fan. But over the summer, if you stuck with us through the doldrums of the summer days, no Star Wars, you went to school courtesy of Nick. All right. Nick laid down his thoughts, his 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 predictions for streaming services after we all started to learn that they were essentially pie-in-the-sky bullshit that apparently didn't make anybody money and everyone's losing cash. We can't pay artists, but we can pay ourselves $50 million as long as we're in the C-suite. And Nick's like, listen, motherfuckers, these people are going to start licensing their content to other streaming platforms. Just last week, we talked about how HBO within the past three weeks has been like, hey, Netflix, do you want almost all of our shit? Do you want all of our World War II programming we made that's excellence, Band of Brothers, Pacific? Do you want this movie? Do you want that movie? Do you want these? All right, cool. So he's right. Here he is right again on Star Wars, Nick. So um, over the weekend, a deal was cut between Disney and the Turner Network, so Warner Brothers. That will now allow Disney to broadcast all 11 live action Star Wars movies on its own linear networks, which would be ABC, FX, Freeform. So that, that starts this month. And you're probably going, well, Disney owned the license. No, they did not own the license to broadcast on Linear. Is it cable in, 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 in air, Nick? Yeah, right? They couldn't. Yeah, like cable, like linear TV networks are considered like your cable stations like yeah. yeah okay so for those of us who were growing up before there was streaming like you could always put on tnt and there was a star wars movie playing during the weekend more more than likely you put on tnt there's a star wars movie there's an indiana jones movie and and that's kind of the situation now is that uh tnt had signed a deal with disney in 2016 saying like okay well $250 million deal. So, so Turner pays Disney $250 million to be able to have access to all 10 uh, Star Wars films. And now Disney's like, oh shit, we realize that we have to be able to air it on our linear networks too. So they had, they, they recut a deal with Turner to yeah. get their own linear yeah. licenses back. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, I don't know if you read into it, but but you know Disney, uh, the original Star Wars was still owned by Fox. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So until Disney bought Fox a few years ago, they didn't even when they bought it from George, they didn't own the broadcast rights for OG Star Wars. Yeah. So <laughs> that that's how fucky this stuff gets, people. Dude, it's it, it's it, it is wild. But Nick is not. Disney had to go to WB Discovery Turner, the new conglomerate, and say. Uh, uh, can we please renegotiate and will you let us air our content that we own the licenses for 
on our linear networks. And, and they're like, yeah, sure. Why not? Pay us more money to air your stuff. Sounds like a great deal, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like Turner's sitting there going, fucking A, you want to re-up for 20 years? No, let's renegotiate in five so we can make some more cash. Um, I, I, it, it, it's here. Like Nick, Nick, here it is. So everyone pat him on the back. I mean, it, it's only a matter of time before you're going to be getting Star Wars movies on ABC now. Yeah. And Bat, Bat's right. He's like, aren't they usually on TBS or TNT? He's like, yeah, that's, that's Turner. all Turner, yeah, brother. That's all it's Turner. Turner. It, and, and that's where they used to air. That, that's the only place where you could see him until this month. And um, who knows if these two conglomerates will work out other deals to start spreading it across linear networks they don't own. I mean, it's also realistic now that you have... I mean, like this deal is, is in effect for linear, but like, like you said, the conglomerate also owns HBO max, HBO Mac or max now, whatever they call it, whatever you want to call it. Max is another huge streaming service that if they wanted to, Disney could then come back and say like, okay, since we have now given you money to license our own content back to us for linear, we want to make a deal to where you can license you can license Star Wars for Max because Max is hardcore struggling right now. Like Max is one of the, uh, the highest uh, is, is one of the streaming services with the highest unsubscribes of all of them. So like the, pe- people are leaving very quickly, but if you come in and you say like, okay, well we have all the Star Wars movies and you don't have to subscribe to Disney plus now, that gives people more incentive to stay subscribed to HBO max for longer. So like now that these two sides have started working these star yeah, Wars deals point. out, like, and that was what I said before is like, like really what Disney wants to do is like open licensing up for these properties and make money off of them. So they don't have to house them on their own servers because they're realizing mm-hmm. at this point, like you're upwards of 160 million concurrent subscribers on Disney plus. It's like how, high, how much higher can you realistically go? without having like to acquire other properties because at a certain point people are not going to like people you're not going to get into the 300 400 million subscriber mark with only having disney owned content like you at a certain point you're going to have to acquire other licenses to put stuff on there or you go the opposite way and you license your content out and that's how you make money so. Yeah, and they could Nick, they could still license it to Max and still keep the films on Disney oh, Plus. One hundred percent, yeah. It, it's a whole other platform, and, and you know when you bring it up that Max is hemorrhaging, it makes sense. Like, it, has anyone gone on there lately? Did, there, there's nothing. Like I flags. What our flags mean? Death season two. Finally, that that's like some new content but outside of that there, there's been jack shit because you know uh house of the dragons that's not coming back for a fucking year or so uh, a lot of their tentpole stuff all got fucked up by either covid or the strikes and they don't really even get the big warner brothers movies from the theaters now within fuck 60 days it seems like so I need to cancel that shit. Yeah. Now that you bring it up, it's like, why, why the fuck am I, why, why do I still have Max? Every time I go there, like, oh, maybe there'll be a movie to see. It's like, oh, we added a bunch of new shit from 1980. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like, like movies from the 80s and 90s is like, no, 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 no. I, where's the fucking feature films we used to get here? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a problem that Max is actively trying to, like, figure out is 
well, how do we do this? I mean, one thing that they did was they have the license for all of the Harry Potter movies. That's going to stick with them because that's WB. They obviously have DC. Um, but the thing that they the don't... The Naked Show, right? The, what we were talking yeah, about yesterday. Naked they're... Attraction. I don't know what that is, but I saw it. <laughs> the one show that Taylor and I just started watching on Max is Hacks, which is... Hacks is a pretty funny show. Um, but it's only like it's it's a Max original and it's only eight episodes per season. So it's not like this huge library content that you can watch it i would not be surprised if seinfeld like when seinfeld comes back up for renewal that hbo makes a huge fucking push for that this is completely because yeah, net netflix had that right because yeah, where to go to peacock now well, now it's still on netflix now but it's i think their their license may end this year and then okay. basically what what larry david does is every time seinfeld is up for renewal he bidding wars it between all of the streaming services prior to Netflix, it was on Hulu. And then before it was on Hulu, it was on Netflix again. So it bounced back and forth between those two. And then now because HBO is struggling, I guarantee you when it goes back up for renewal, they're going to make a fucking huge bid for that because you can see this is so not star Wars related, but it's kind of in the, in the same vein as this, what we're talking about. You can go watch the subscriber numbers from when Seinfeld gets signed to a new streaming service. It goes up by 15 to 25% every time. So like, I mean, you have to imagine that 15 to 25% of like, just take Disney plus numbers, what's 25% of 160 million? Like that's a lot. 2000. (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) There's a lot of people. So, uh, but it's like, again, like, I, and, and you, you correctly said it. Like I called this out when, when all of the, the, I like when they first started bitching about like subscriber growth, money's not there. What do we do? Like, blah, blah, blah. We're going to start charging more for like for our content. Like we're going to, we're going to raise our sub fees by a dollar. Really the better way is like license your content out because you keep the core licensing so you can have it on your service. But if you license it out or if you make the deal to where you can keep it, then you license it out to one of these other streamers, you can get $250 million. You can get, you know, for, you know, for whatever particular property, 150 million, 250 million here. Like you can make a lot of money off of doing it and you can keep doing it. If you keep your terms short enough, if you do it in five years, five years down the line, you say, okay, well, my last deal was five years, 250 million. This one's five years, 350 million. And you can continue to scale your revenue. That oh yeah. Way. Yeah. Dude, I, I would do fucking three years. Screw it. You know, just keep, keep it going. Bat, I, I, I saw this too. I Bat. Also They're saw working that. on a return for Seinfeld. I think even Jerry himself had a quote, which is huge. Cause he's, I think he's kind of been the one like why when everyone else is like, Hey dude, we haven't, Outside of uh, Elaine, we, we haven't really worked much yeah, yeah. since Widow went off the air, please. And, uh, you know, the one guy basically got himself canceled for yelling at black people. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. But I did see that quote where he's like, I have a secret about the ending, but I can't say it because it's a secret. So, um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But it will be interesting if they bring Michael Richard back, who's the guy that Matt just mentioned I, I, who plays Kramer. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, he got, he got canceled before canceling so, yeah, was like I a mean, thing. This was like so 20 he, he might be ago. okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I think he, he's probably paid his dues. If anything, yeah. the far right will love him and he'll have an audience there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Hey, I, I would just say we should expect a lot more of this. Not, not necessarily Disney stuff, but across the board, as I said, if you haven't been on Netflix in a while, fire it up. It looks like HBO. 
I mean, it is like boom, boom, Band of Brothers, Pacific. I, I forget some of the other uh, HBO only content, but it, 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 there had to have been a deal that went down within the last couple months because it's just all showing up mm-hmm. there now. Oh, yeah. And it's beautiful. I mean, HBO with HBO, the first one was Westworld because they they like pulled that off their service and they licensed it out to Tubi or whatever. And they're like, holy shit, we can make money doing this here. Band of Brothers, Pacific. Fucking all their shit's going to be flying out to different streaming services now. Just keep your eyes out. Yeah, Dr. Mad brings up a good point. And actually, if you think about the younger generations, this is exactly where they're at. I mean, Dr. Mad's saying they're very out of touch with TV these days. It's been about 13 years since I watched it. Just watch whatever I want online or streaming. And I think about my kid and her generation they will never give a fuck about appointment television. It, it doesn't even exist to them. No. To them, everything is on their device. It, the, the, like like TV shows, who cares? Yeah, they'll watch a movie here or there. But if it's not YouTube or, or, or vertical content, it ain't for them. It, it, there, there's been a, a generational shift in how humans consume media. And the, the cutoff seems to be about millennials Anything under that, they're they're done with traditional TV. It's over. Yeah, I mean, I like as soon, basically as soon as I like got to Austin, like I I never had a cable plan. Like I I never paid for cable. I only paid for streaming services. And then you know the only and and really the only thing that annoys me is like football games. But now I found a decent like crack streaming site where I can watch the Saints game. So I'm good. Ah! <laughs> so like, Listen to this motherfucker. Because I'm, I'm not no, paying I mean, YouTube $450 for fucking uh, NFL Sunday ticket. Oh, it, it's, it's glorious, man. With the multi-view. Oh, like, I can watch four games at but once. That's it, it's, like, it's awesome. I just don't care about any other team. Like, I, well, Me neither, <laughs> but what else are you going to do on a Sunday in the fall in America, right? You lay there and just have football. It, it, it's like I have my own sports book. I just have been too lazy to fire up FanDuel or DraftKings. But yeah. I definitely have... I have my own live red zone. It's fantastic. I get you. Trust me. I was I was flubbing the system all the way up until YouTube got the ticket. But after that, I was like, you know what? I'm tired of 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 hacking, slashing, and whacking. Mm-hmm. I just want to get up on a Sunday and know I can watch the fucking Steelers game. So, <laughs> and since I was already YouTube TV, I got the Sunday ticket for like two hundred. Yeah. So yeah. fuck it. Well, well worth it to me. Uh, but you're right. I, I kept YouTube TV because, you know, I am I'm older than you, not a full decade, but enough that where, you know, I still re- record programs that I like to watch. AGT with the family, uh, fucking mass Singer with the family, like filler shit. We don't sit down and it's like, oh, we got to watch. But, you know, watching dinner, we, we like to have some shit on mostly because if I hear people chewing, I want to stab out their <laughs> eyes and slit their throat. Even my wife and my lovely little daughter. It doesn't matter. I know it's, it's some form of mental illness, but when I even hear myself chewing, like if it's too quiet and I can hear myself chewing, even worse, swallowing, not kidding. <laughs> I want to start fucking punching myself out. I fucking hate it. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm YouTube TV. I, I, I dig it. It's, it's, I'm, I'm getting it up the bum though. Like I, I use maybe two or three channels. I will say these days I am, I'm like a Pat McAfee crackhead. And if it weren't for Tuesdays when he brings on fuckface. I think that guy does one of the best sports broadcasts on the planet of all time. That is like if Nick and I had a real following and a backing and we could have our own Thunderdome, 
that is the exact show I would do. <laughs> That's it. I want to I want to be able to pop up and down, yell, scream, dance, make fucking stupid sounds whenever, fucking bring people in, interview them. I mean, I never gave the guy shit. I was like, hey, whatever. Pat McAfee, he seems like a jerk off punter, this, that, and the other thing. I've gotten into him like, fuck, he's from fucking Pittsburgh. He talks like a yinzer. He wrestles. He, he fucking calls wrestling. I mean, he's really done some shit in his life as a goddamn kicker. So I respect him. The only thing I don't like is zero pushback on fucking Rogers. Like he gives Rogers essentially an hour every week to just spew bullshit. And, and that's the only thing I, I, I can't really get behind. But anyways, so there, that's why I pay for YouTube TV now. Pat McAfee <laughs> on ESPN. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Start expecting to see some of these streams crossing the stream, even though the Ghostbusters told us to never do that. Indeed. It's happening. It's coming. Um, all right. Skeleton Crew. Okay. Um, I mean, honestly, we should be talking about, hey, we can't wait to watch Skeleton Crew towards the end of this year. Obviously, it's not going to happen because of the strikes. It, it just delayed everything. <laughs> I mean, I, we are lucky Ahsoka made it out, honestly, because it... The stuff really started to get squirrely just before that. I mean, the writers were already on strike. I think if the if the actors hit theirs, we might have not even got Ahsoka this year. We got it. It's great. We're going to break it down here in a bit. But um, Skeleton Crew was supposed to come out this year. So what we're looking at here, if you're on the live stream, by the way, if you want to join, who the fuck knows what day of the week these days, 5 p.m. YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. Uh, we we do plan to be back on Tuesdays. The only reason we're doing today is because of a tech snafu yesterday. But there's a, a a listing that someone found and posted on Reddit that has an approximate projected date of publication for Skeleton Crew to be January of 24. Um, I, 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 I can't buy into that. Uh, until... SAG-AFTRA gets their shit figured out. I, I do not think Disney and Lucasfilm are going to roll out this movie. Because you got to think, Nick, the, the, the cast and crew here, until they're free, they can't do anything. Yeah. Um, the, the Ahsoka people, they got a few canned interviews from Celebration and whatnot that they could trickle out. Skeleton crew, their hands are tied until all strikes are broken. So January seems a little too soon. But like I said, I think even last week, if we can get this the, the actor strike done before the year, I could see Skeleton Crew kind of filling that February-March uh, spot that we used for Mandalorian Season 3. Yeah, I could see that as well. And, I mean, I got to imagine that they're, that they're coming close on the actors. I mean, the, the, the writers have gotten their, their deals sorted out with AMT or AMTP or something whatever it is the the studios and then the i know that something i read about the actors said that they were going back to the table next week or something like that um so that is that it's an interesting time right now because the show is done like you were saying like the show's filmed already like i don't think that there's anything left for them to do in terms of the like the pickups or the shot coverage that they may need to do for the show. It, it really comes down to getting the actors to do press. And that's pretty big for a show, especially a show where you have a pretty recognizable star in the universe for the first time with Jude Law. 
Like they want to have Jude Law on the talks on the talk show circuit. They want to have Jude Law doing, you know, press junkets and interviews and stuff like that for this new show. And it would be hard for them to release it with no press following. Um, so that is the biggest holdup here uh, for sure. But man, I, I got to imagine that they're getting close. And if they don't get close, Disney still has the ability to just pull the trigger and say like, hey, we're doing it and we're going to do it with, you know, like the people who will do the interviews will be fucking John and Dave. Yeah, like producers and whatnot, probably. Yeah, like yep. the, the producers and the writers, because now the writers have, but it, but it also comes down to like, are those people willing to do interviews? Probably and, not. And basically backstab the actors. Yeah, they'd, they'd be scabbing. I mean, yeah. it'd, it'd be they'd be scabbing for sure. So that, yeah. that's why. I mean, Nick, we did get a little description of work here in the first episode of the Skeleton Crew. We are introduced to four kids who make a mysterious discovery on their seemingly safe home planet and get lost in a strange and dangerous galaxy. Sounds finding familiar. their way home, meeting unlikely allies and enemies will be a greater adventure than they ever imagined. So. What do, what do you think about get lost in a strange and dangerous galaxy? It, it is 100% where Ahsoka is right now. I Caribbean. mean, it, it may, they may not be like on. So are, like, are, do you think they're from the Peridia galaxy or they get lost into it? So that's what I was going to say. Like Peridia is in kind of a no man's land in this other galaxy. Like there, Peridia is at the end of a hyperspace lane that is going to the other galaxy. So technically they're like inside of it, but they're, they're like fucking Alaska to, or Hawaii to the United States. They're not a part of the contiguous galaxy. Yeah. It didn't seem they were in a, in a, the, the, they weren't in like an outer rim sector where you had other planets that you could get to without an eye of Scion. Exactly. It seemed like Peridia was kind of its, it's its own thing within this galaxy. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like an island planet, for lack of a better term for it. So it almost seems like these kids are fucking around in. It, I mean, it would make sense that they're like fucking around in the current galaxy, like in the standard Star Wars galaxy where all of our known planets are and stuff like that. And then they whatever they stumble across with a portal, a fucking whatever it may be a you know uh, a hyper like an accidental hyperspace route that they fly up a purgle's asshole yeah. and it flies to its death and its then death bed. spits them out what would be interesting is <laughs> if they get spit out in like the proper section of the of the galaxy that peridia is connected to so they're in whatever this new galaxy is like boom like in it's where you can travel amongst different planets and and you can really take a look at like the beings in 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 the life forms that that habitate this current galaxy and then as they try to find their way back obviously they have to take the hyperspace route that's going to lead them to peridia and then take the path to peridia back to our galaxy and then clearly when they get to peridia they would link up with our current heroes who were stranded there and then you know make their way back to standard star wars land Real, real quick, Nick, we have another super chat. Another super chat from Slater, and he said, "I, su- I assume you forgot the decimal point." It, all, all, all clarity. This is another buddy of mine. He, he just in a chat was like, "Hey, I feel like spending microtransactions on something." I was like, "Come over to my stream then and spend three hundred ninety nine dollars." <laughs> yeah, so that's why he's saying, "I assume you." <laughs> hey, I, I, I assume you forgot the decimal point. 
Hey, hey, Slater. That I knew you'd do it. That's why. That's why I put it up in our little our little Stern Show group chat. So thanks, brother. There you go. <laughs> I love you, man. Uh, that's the stupid shit I do for a laugh. You <laughs> are the man. You are appreciated. Thank you. But Nick, how about this now? Okay. Could the dangerous galaxy just be the dangerous galaxy that we know the known galaxy is at this point in time? It, too? it definitely could be. It could be the opposite way where they they pop from their super safe nice galaxy and then they pop into shit world star wars galaxy where th- that is constantly at war right. that just had this that you know just had thrawn and the night sisters pop back in return <laughs> yeah and then starting some shit and they're like why what the fuck are we doing here this place is a shithole let's get back out of here and then they have to obviously find their way back to their own galaxy and they they would still cross paths with our eventual with our heroes eventually on Peridia or somewhere that is, you know, a Peridia adjacent or somewhere that they could get from Peridia easily and then, you know, figure out a way for them to, you know, the skeleton crew goes back this way towards their galaxy and then Ahsoka and the good guys go back this way towards the standard Star Wars galaxy, the shithole. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it I mean, it you, you can take it any way you want, yeah. especially because it says a strange and dangerous galaxy so to me the word strange implies even us fans or was it just strange to little kids who have never left their fucking planet i mean honestly if you really want to break it down this whole thing could take place in the known galaxy but to kids that get lost yeah the galaxy is going to be strange to them and we know it's dangerous. Exactly. So while Nick and I are kind of doing our 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 fan speculation and, and and writing a plot in our heads Remember, we're also adults and we understand that it could also just be what's right in front of our face and that it's it's truly little kids that get lost from their planet. And yes, the, the galaxy would be strange to them. And it most definitely is dangerous because we are in the Mandoverse. The New Republic doesn't really fuck around with the outer territories as we have learned. You saw what Moff Gideon was doing. The pirates were doing. We know the pirates are going to play a big role in Skeleton Crew. So I'm... I am, it's hard to say excited. I mean, as a fan, sure, I'm excited for new Star Wars. Why the fuck not? I mean, I'm one of these guys, like I said, as long as it's got a a good to decent story, I gotta watch stick figures. Music helps too. But um, I I just, I want to see how they use Skeleton Crew to kind of fill us in on what is happening. Because I really think that's the important part about this show. Sure, the kid's story is going to be fun. Seeing Jude Law as a potential Force user, dark magic user is going to be really neat. But to me, let's let's see what happened. Is it taking place concurrency or concurrently with Ahsoka? Is it taking place after? If so, do we get any Thrawn lore added in there? Yeah. I mean, do we get a check-in with the New Republic? Uh, do we even get a check-in with what's going on in these strange and new galaxies? I doubt it. I don't. I honestly do not think Skeleton Crew touches ahsoka and sabine at this point i believe that story is saved for a hopeful second season of ahsoka yeah i mean we have to see if anything they they wouldn't cross paths until the very end i would assume like if there is going to be kind of this you know this joining of the two shows between skeleton crew and ahsoka i would assume that it would happen like at the 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 last fucking episode of skeleton crew um, but it could just be that they leave the Ahsoka stuff until Ahsoka season two, if it happens or the, you know, you know, there was speculation that there was going to be a movie in the place of Ahsoka season two. So, um, 
you know. Yeah, it, right. You know what I mean, though. Just it, it, there, there's so much left on that table to to be explored that you, you really can't cheapen it with just a, a pop in, like, oh hey, a ship showed up that might be able to you know transverse the ether in between galaxies. Nah, I mean I. I know there have been ramblings and rumors about how these shows were potentially supposed to cross over interlink somehow. I, I honestly think that crossover interlinking is more just going to be exposition about what happened now that Thrawn has returned. I hope, I really hope this show is, is set directly at the end of Ahsoka. I do. Yeah. I, I, I want to I get some insights about how the galaxy, the known galaxy, is handling the return of the man in blue. Yeah, 100%. So... Well, there you go. We'll see. I, I, I January. I don't know. I I'm I'm gonna stick with February, March. That's where I'm at. So, yeah, yeah. It, like we'll get a better idea of the timeline once we hear about once we hear, hey, SAG AFTRA strike over. Right. Then we can more accurately I, I, speculate. I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens within a month. We potentially get a trailer. Yeah. Um, we, we should have had a trailer by now, to be honest with everybody, but. Uh, there was footage shown off at Celebration, so they, they definitely have shit in the can. But, hey, all the strikes happened. Glad the writers got paid. Let's hopefully the, the other people that are striking also get their due. Fuck the C-suite, okay? All right, Nick, it's time for the punch out. All right. And it's, it's time for me to turn off my heat. So what we're going to do first is we're going to revisit our once- that we kind of laid out before Ahsoka Season 1 debuted, and then we'll go through our predictions. Uh, we expect to see Super Chats popping off the board <laughs> for any prediction we hit correctly. Once, no big deal. Those are just dreams and wishes. Predictions, that's where we expect to get paid, okay? Um, but we're going to start with the once, trying the multitask here. Uh, let me pull up. Nick, I have the list somewhere. I can kind of yeah, I got, us off. Yeah, I got it in front of me. Pop in the Slack right. special topics channel. Okay, so once starting up here, we have Anakin, Kenobi, Ahsoka, Rex, TCW flashback. Nick, that's an eighty percent win. <laughs> oh hell, that that's a ninety percent. We, we we hit everything but Kenobi, old Ben. Yeah, so not bad, not bad. What we want, we mostly got. So thank you, Dave. May the force be with you. Yeah. Here's a fun one. Merrick is bearish. I mean, Merrick, <laughs> Merrick was a big pile of shit. So that's a. Yeah, and, and, and in the end, who cares? He really was. I mean, I we as Star Wars fans, we get caught up in cool looking dudes and red lightsabers and helmets and all that shit. It happens, but we all should have known better. Um, in the end, the story really was never going to be about this guy, this person, their past, their connection to Ahsoka. It was always about taking that master and apprentice relationship that Ahsoka and Sabine had and growing it from shit to something functional, while also highlighting other master and apprentice relationships in the Star Wars galaxy. It was as, as clear as day, but I, we all fell victim to, hey, he looks interesting. He must be someone cool. And <laughs> no, he was a fucking gas bag. Yeah, literally. A gas yeah, bag. Nothing. Just a, um, just a nothing guy. Uh ghost to Anakin and Ahsoka check in. Obviously, we we had that done. happen. Um, multiple multiple times. Yeah. Like give, give it to us. Beautiful. Uh mention of the Skywalker twins and what they may be doing. No, we no. got fifty of this, right? 50, yeah, 50. I mean we got we got the the we got two layer drops, man. Yeah, yeah we, got, we got two layer drops. We got the early on on, on Cetos when uh Tava's like, hey man, you know. 
the senator can't really fucking cover for us much more. We got to go up and at least talk to them. And then then obviously when C-3PO came in and laid down that golden rod on Ziono's face. Um, So we, you know, we, we learned that Leia is still, still a senator. She is the minister of defense, makes complete sense. (laughs) Uh, And she mostly hates Senator Ziono and um, probably behind the scenes thinks Mon Mothma is a big pussy. Yeah, just really laying down like Mon Mothma is definitely Mm -hmm. uh, letting Mm -hmm. Leia down for sure. Uh, Next one here. Sabine and Ezra embrace. We did get the big hug as soon as... uh, little awkward, from- little, little awkward. I mean, it, it took them a little while, you know, staring at each other. I put up a fun little bit someone created where, you know, music makes a scene. And and for the the hug scene, Nick, they 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 play Let's Get It On. <laughs> and, and it works much better than, than what we got in the series because it was more drawn out. Like, let's get it on. They keep going back and forth between the two, staring at each other. It was pretty fantastic, but we did get the embrace and I still, I don't like the whole, Hey, we're brother, sister thing. If anyone watched rebels, I don't give a fuck. Ezra wanted to slam period Sabine. No, I'll give you that. Maybe at the end she realized like, Oh shit. Yeah, I could do that kid. But he wanted to slam. No doubt about it. I think that's Um, that Ezra has a, a, a no T uh lover now i think that he's he's no longer <laughs> he's fucking turtle rock people yeah i mean he's yeah. he was there for a long time <laughs> he, he he is an expert with animals so you you, yeah. you never know you never know what he's getting into nick i'll let you take this next one uh next one see thron fight uh that didn't happen we didn't get to see thron do much of anything other than stare at screens and be surprised every time he lost so uh that's a big that's a big no from the thron fight side of things so little, yeah, I mean, um, according to Nick, we didn't see Thrawn do anything but look like a fucking dumbass. So we definitely didn't get to see him fight. And it's pretty clear we're not going to. I don't think he, yeah. he's practiced much on Peridia. He was too concerned with getting the fuck yeah, out of Dodge. He, but. he had a lot of crates to load into a big ship, apparently. And that took 15 years. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't expect Thrawn to do much in terms of combat, honestly. Like just the way like if they did do it, then they would they would for sure have to have a stunt person take that oh, yeah, over. Yeah. But if you just look at the way I mean, like Thrawn has aged, you know, like Thrawn is probably um, you know, up. Well, in you years. guys were saying he was probably getting close to seventy, is what a lot of you, yeah, Thrawn fanboys were saying. So, I mean, he's he's aged. I mean, clearly, Chiss aging, at least the way that it is portrayed in the show. And I I don't know anything about Chiss aging from the the EU. I don't remember it if they if they like went into detail on that in the books or anything like that. But like they age similar to humans, it seems. So okay, um, it, it's it's not like a black don't crack type of thing for well, blue blue people. Yeah, it, it, but it's also not even like a like an extended age thing, like like Twi'leks or Togruder or something like that, who can live into their hundreds and stuff. So you know, you're seeing like a linear age progression more similar Got to you. humans than you would see in like even in like you know. Togruders or Twi'leks or other mm-hmm. races in Star Wars that can live multiple hundreds of years. You know, obviously Yoda's species can live nearly a thousand years and really you don't see degradation in your 
ability to fight and perform until you're in your eight, seven, eight hundreds or, you know, like, you, you know what? That, think about that, Nick. That motherfucker lived for almost a thousand years and all he accomplished was a mega failure, like killing the order. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he that's ultimately Yoda's legacy. I, I guess we could say he somewhat redeemed it by training Luke. But if you really think about it, if you look at his career and I don't know you high republicers out there, you might know even more. But when I think of Yoda, all I think about is he let the fucking Jedi Order burn to the ground on his watch. Yeah, I, like <laughs> I still haven't dived into the High Republic yet, but I, I, from what I understand, like he's still one of the the grand. Oh, he's pimping. Yeah, of, he's he's pimping. So he's pimping. I mean, you know, he's got a good, you know, a good long stretch there where he kept order in the galaxy. Hey, but you, you know, you're the, remembered by what you've done last. Yeah, Nick, exactly. And, his last his last act wasn't that great. I mean, yeah. he even was giving Luke shit. We we can argue he barely even trained Luke. So yeah. Yoda's a fucking bum. He wasted his time on in the galaxy, and he had almost a thousand years to do something productive. Yeah, fail. <laughs> you are a failure or failure. You are. All right. I like Bat I like says, Bango. Yeah. I, yeah, you like the way Bango thinks. Let's be honest. Brother, sisters, and Star Wars matters as much as it does in God. So yeah, he, he, he's saying Sabine and Ezra could definitely, you know, get some. Yeah, and then and then what, Bat says Thrawn can be the Steven Seagal of the Star Wars <laughs> galaxy. Yeah, uh, Fat Seagal, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where he's like, if if you don't know what Bat's talking about, just just do a search for Steven Seagal beats up like Russians or something. Like he he does these bullshit expositions with his Aikido or Kaido, yeah. like he actually can do something. You know, these people come out, and he's like, wah, 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 and they'll just fucking literally like flip in the air as if he picked them up with both arms and threw them, or if he had the force. It's pretty uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty it's funny. And really don't funny get me wrong. Watch. Child of the 80s, whose dad let him watch a lot of fucked up shit. I love the Steven Seagal, like, Marked for Death. All oh, of those, yeah. Those were some great fucking movies when he wasn't a big fat piece of shit that loved Russia. Um, he was he was it. Like, he, he was kind of like my, my backup Stallone Schwarzenegger. Like, if yeah. there's no Stallone, Van Damme, Schwarzenegger to watch. Yeah, he was like, he the, he was like the B tier. He was like the tier yeah. below all of the, the really good action. But you know what I mean? Like, like Mark for Death is a fucking killer movie. Like he's just going around, like, beating people up with, with cue balls and a sock. I mean, everywhere he'd go, he would just fucking destroy people. Yeah. I need I need to watch what was it Out for Justice was another good fucking oh, yeah. cigar I mean, movie Under Siege uh, Under Siege Yeah was, Under Siege that was like yes. his, his really good You even movie. got you even got titties in that right yeah, I that, think that's so. like you remember back in the day here's here's what I missed the most about what action movies have turned into 80s and early 90s action movies Nick you always had a fucking badass dude right an unstoppable normal yep. human Yep uh you had colorful language gratuitous violence and at least at least one shot of tits right <laughs> like every you think about any arnold movie back then i mean there there was at least a a, a titty scene in most of them i i think didn't commando have some tits uh total recall oh, has yeah, three the, tits yeah, the total recall did i mean come on <laughs> when, when you're like fucking eight nine ten that, that's essentially like watching a porno you know what i mean so I remember all this stuff very well. Um, all right. Good stuff. Thank you, Bat. I love reminiscing about Steven Seagal in the good old days. But, you know, these days, 
our, our movies that they're rated R. They don't have blood for the most part anymore. They use like the, 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 the splatter bullshit. There's no titties anymore. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, I'm an animal. So what? It's the movies. Get over it. All right, moving on. Another one. We wanted a soak of the white. We got a soak of the white. Yep. Big surprise. Now all we need is the Ahsoka the White hot toy. I really want that. I'm I sure really that that's it. coming down the pipe soon. <laughs> well, you're right. Um, so far, it's just been Sabine, Chopper, and based on the Chopper listing, it looks like a Hera. So I'll probably be getting at least uh, the core there. I'd love a Balin and Shin. I don't think they're going to do it. I, I'd even take a Hu Yang. I, <laughs> am I a traitor to my era if I get a Hu Yang hot toy before a C-3PO? I don't know, man. C-3P, I thought that you would have had one already, but yeah, I mean... Oh, that, now you're shaming me. That's, now that's you're shaming traitor. Me. That's traitor territory right uh, yeah, there. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. I'm going to have to buy the Jedi one now. I know it. I know it. He's out there. He's like 350 because he's all die cast and little salacious crumb comes with him. I just... I don't know. Like, I've always appreciated C-3PO, but he's never... He's always been... Kind of how the OT characters reacted to him. That's how I always felt. Like, shut the fuck up. You're an asshole. You treat R2-D2 like a dick. You're lucky R2 hasn't murdered you at this point in time. Um, but I'm not going to lie. When I saw him in Ahsoka, I got that, oh, 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 there's my, that's my Star Wars, <laughs> that, that feeling. Like when Luke showed up in Mando, I, I just turned into a fucking wet noodle. So maybe you're right. Maybe I do. You got it. You got it. Maybe I do the, owe a spot to to the man. You yeah. motherfucker. There's even, another 350. <laughs> even though he he was definitely positioned to be the droid that you you weren't supposed to like throughout the yeah. It, you know what like, I mean? Like because everybody like we talk- treated him like shit. Like like right and then he from would take it out on R two D two. Right? I yeah. mean he would he would just roll it right downhill. Man, shit oil rolls downhill yeah. in the droid community. <laughs> But you are right. Like he would eat it from from his creators and the humans, and then he would just turn around and give it to his loyal companion that has done nothing but save his ass. Right. All right, l- l- let's be real. If it wasn't for R two D two, those two dumbasses would have been caught by the Empire. Uh, okay, here's a fun one. Grogu mentioned in relation to Force users. No, I mean there wow. really wasn't, which is kind of surprising. But there really wasn't any, like, nobody talked to Ezra about any sort of, like, happenings in the galaxy other than, like, oh, so the Empire's no longer around. That was kind of it. You know, like, obviously they were trying to, I guess, rush to, you know, stop stop Thrawn from, from being able to get off. So there wasn't a lot of, like, downtime to hang out and talk about stuff. But, yeah, no, no Grogu mentions either. Well, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. Like, uh, I mean, if you're if you're not going to talk about Mandalorians in general at all, it, clearly he's not going to come up. Yeah. You know what? I, I have seen floating around. I'm not going to take credit for this, but every, everyone's like, hey, now that Ezra's back in the galaxy, there's a definite chance for him to say, hey, that looks like a baby Yoda. <laughs> Could happen. But I did. Did Ezra, he, he never would have met Yoda. I don't think did he Kanan, knew who Yoda was. Did Kanan ever talk about him or but show him? But even if he talked about Yoda, he would never have understood what yeah, Yoda looked like. Like there's, so. I, I like the idea. I do like the idea. It would be a fun tongue, tongue in cheek thing for John to pull off. But I don't, I can't remember if Ezra had any, like, have he looked any, maybe he got a hollow recording possibly. Potentially, yeah. When he was, you know, when he was fucking with the holocrons, maybe, I think. Now that I think about it, either way, that that would be a nice little 
kind of tip of the hat to hardcore people like us. Yeah. Like, hey, that looks like a baby Yoda. And Grogu would be like, <laughs> and then fucking vomit macaroons up on his face. Um, all right. Yeah. He knew Yoda. World between worlds. All right. Oh, yeah. Got yeah. It. Yeah. yeah yep. Yep. All right. Thank you, Bat. And for any uh, baseball fans out there, Bat just reported that Bryce Harper just hit a three run homer. Okay. I believe it's the Phillies and the Braves. Uh, next one, Sabine, the Jedi Mando, Chuching. We got that it, the the fully completed right at the end. She, yeah. we can call her a Jedi now, right? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think that was kind of her her first step into a larger world, as Kenobi yeah, I mean, would say. So they 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 connected through the Force. Her and Ahsoka, even though Ahsoka was off planet, and then obviously we saw her finally able to use the push. So, yeah, she is. Um, and she beat she beat Grogu. She let's think. I mean, if you really want to think about this, people and those of you that love legends and whatnot, Sabine Wren, I believe, Nick, is the is only the second Jedi Mandalorian. Yeah, Tar Vizzo. Were, were there others after Tar? I don't believe so. I mean, again, like you'd be like at this point, you're diving into legends. So it wouldn't even count technically by canon. Um, but I don't, I don't think that there was another Jedi Mandalorian, at least not that I had read about, like, um, and even in the old Republic video game, like Mandalorians are not like a race you can choose. Like a Mandalorian is, is not like, you can't be a a Mandalorian Jedi in like the old Republic games and stuff like that. So they don't even allow you to do it in that sense. (laughs) So yeah, I think I think it's just at this point, I think it's just I mean, Tar Vizsla and then her. That's some big shit. And yeah. you know what I want to see? And I'd assume this would be left for, oh man, I'm sucking in too much air. This would probably be left for the, the movie. But Sabine returning to a now established Mandalore. Yeah. And, and seeing how they receive her. I, I think she'd be like, they'd be like, oh, oh. At least Bo would. I mean, Bo owes her her fucking start. Yeah. Right? If if it ain't for Sabine, Bo doesn't even get the start in her journey to claim the Darksaber and then become the ruler of Mandalore. And I mean, now there's a big thing. Like, now you can can legitimately say, like, do Mandalorians as a culture move beyond the Darksaber as a means of, you know, understanding? I I mean, it's crushed now anyway. It's gone. It's it's, It's fucking gone. Like, do they, but do they, you know, does Sabine attempt to like, you know, reforge her own Darksaber in holding the legacy as the, as the first uh, Mandalorian Jedi since, uh, since Tar Vizsla, or does she stick with the Ezra gifted saber? Because I feel like, I feel like that is a rite of passage for a Jedi. Like we didn't get to see it for Luke, but we know that it was filmed. Like create making your own lightsaber. You're right. You're right. I, I don't want her. I don't No, I don't want to know. And how dare you? Cause you were like, <laughs> fuck all this old shit. Let's get rid of it. So don't even well, speak I, it into existence. That I definitely wanted it out as like, whoever holds this sword is the leader. Okay. <laughs> but right. Yeah. I, but I, I think that that's, that's, they're over yeah, that at they, this point. Like, like we've established at the end of Mandalorian season three, the crackheads and the normal people, they can get along now. They're not going to allow their traditions to kind of fuck over what they achieved against Gideon. Yeah. 
what what would be interesting though is if she tried the form one with a dark blade yeah if they if they, I, I would i would like that not not necessarily the actual blade blade like still cylindrical traditional lightsaber form but black with that white glow that would be fucking killer yeah yeah, that would be pretty cool. That would be but, but no, and her, I mean, Sabine would probably opt for like a purple pink. Yeah, she's you know, definitely like a bright color. Neon type yellow. Of girl. Yeah. yeah, I mean, come on. Let, let, come on, uh, Dave. <laughs> Sam Jackson shouldn't be the only one to get an off colored lightsaber. You, you already did the oranges for Balin and Shin. Let's see Sabine with a purple pink, neon yellow, something like that. I feel like that's purple is legitimately her. Yeah, I mean so, her hair, everything her most of her fucking armor is purple. <laughs> like let, let's fucking do it. Uh, okay. <laughs> You're the funny one. Full Ghost Crew reunion sans Kanan, and we can mostly say this if it said sans Zeb. Sans Zeb too, yeah. I mean, yeah, that was the that was like the 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 weird part. For this show, we were definitely expecting to at least have a Zeb pop in, not necessarily like him be a primary part of the plot, but we assumed that, you know, we would see him, especially it, once it, everything went down. Well, I mean, it, I know outside of the obvious, like, hey, it's a it's a cost savings choice, right? How dumb was that, though? Like, it, yeah, it just didn't make how how was how was Zeb not in Tava's fucking yeah like when he popped yeah like, like, like he like Tava comes to fucking Setos. <laughs> like how they're, is they're Zeb stationed at the same fucking New Republic base Adelphi base that is their base yeah I just don't understand how like what did what did he say like did Tava just not say anything to Zeb when he went off to Setos? like does he not tell Zeb like hey some shit's going down with Hera and Ahsoka and Sabine like want to come along or is, was he on the shitter at that time? And he's like, I don't have time. I just have to go. Like, I don't, I don't know how that didn't happen. It, it was just, it, it seemed like a missed opportunity, uh, but clearly he's been established that they're not going to give us this tease. It just, it seemed odd. And that, 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 that choice altogether. Hey, Hera and the ghost, let's take some X-Wings with you from Adelphi base, but not, one of your family members yeah that 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 makes sense but hey as we we learned he's training new recruits so i guess a former rebel doesn't have an in him to go do something rebellious anymore yeah uh yeah i don't know that was an odd choice for sure all right next one another win even though these were just once so really i i feel like we should be honored for these two because this just shows you that if Nick and I were in control of writing Star Wars, we'd be pretty fucking good. <laughs> right? We're, we're like right in line with Dave Filoni himself. You can just start calling me Matt Filoni if you would like. But the next one, live action look at Ahsoka vs. Vader. Done! Got it all. Vader suit, Vader skin. Yep. Can't get better than that. Nailed it. Um, Didn't Nikki get came in with my two. There you go. Yeah, dr- drop your, <laughs> your bonuses. Zero. There. Bo-Katan check in with Ahsoka. Um, not did not happen. Obviously, things were moving on an expedited well, timeline. Hey, so. Nick, we might be able to salvage this one because technically, thanks to Tava, we did learn that this takes place right after season three. So yeah, it's sort of you know Bo-Katan was involved in Moff Gideon's fall. So yeah, I don't know, I don't know, a little bit, a little bit. 
And then the last one was, are the Chiss involved with Thrawn? <laughs> this is this clearly is is relying way too much on the newly established canon from Thrawn's books. Um, I don't even know if Dave Filoni knows that there's more than one Chiss that exists in the Star Wars galaxy. Um, <laughs> but that did not happen. So Hey, I got to ask, and I know you haven't seen it. Do you feel like Timothy Zahn is being genuine? in all these interviews where he is praising and, and essentially licking Dave's balls for bringing his character to live action and, and doing him justice? Or do you think he truly feels like Zahn was executed in live action, considering the constraints of, of short form TV good enough for him? I haven't. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't seen any of his interviews and okay. you know, I, I, if if Timothy really likes him, then I'm glad that that he does, and it doesn't change the way that I feel about it. Like I, I know I, I I wasn't I wasn't yeah. expecting it to. I I just I wonder if like all the Thrawn bros out there, if like Lord Thrawn says no, I like this. Does that have any impact? And it sounds like well, it's, it's a also hard no like for Nick. how it's a, it's another one of those things where it's like, do you want to work in Star Wars again? That that's kind of what I was like. <laughs> like do you think? Do you think? Do you that think he's just <laughs> like Timothy Zahn's going to go up there and be like, "Yeah, he did a great job of writing somebody that I have never written before in my life," or like he's done a really shitty job of adapting a guy that I turned into a really intelligent villain. So right. I mean, like, there's yeah. it's a it's a it's a scenario where like you put a camera in front of a guy or you ask a guy about a comment and it's basically like, "Do you want to keep your job?" Like, okay. Uh, I, I get that, but he did. I mean, if anything, he's a damn good actor then, because he he was smiling from ear to ear through the whole interview, talking about it. None of it really felt forced. So, any of you Thrombros out there, go check out Lord Zahn. Uh, there, there's one on Star Wars Reddit leaks right now. I think I posted in our Discord as well, um, which you can get into if you want. Just check out the open link at Star Wars time dot show on Instagram. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, really the once weren't that bad. I mean, yeah, we, we pretty much definitely. got everything we were hoping to get outside of Thrawn fighting, uh, Maroc being anything but a, a green sack of shit and the, uh, really the Bo-Katan and Chiss. So not, not too bad. All right. So here's where it counts, right? This is, this is where, you can you can argue if we actually know what we're talking about when we speculate. So these were our predictions. First one here, Clone Wars air flashback with Anakin at a minimum. Thank you. Hit it. Nailed Super it. chat. Super chat. Five dollar. Five dollar. <laughs> five dollar. All right. Next one. Force Ghost Anakin and Ahsoka. Chat. Take it to the bank. Another win. Let's see that super chat. Maroc is <laughs> Maroc is some form of star killer. Wrong. No, they didn't get that one. Yeah. <laughs> Literally nothing. And hey, blame ourselves, right? We all need to learn from this. Just because someone looks cool and might tussle with the lead character doesn't mean they're important to the story outside of being another body to fall. Okay. It would have been neat, but really with eight episodes, 40 minutes, you can't delve into any sort of backstory that Dave started in the cartoons outside of the Mortis Gods, which we learned you can when you travel to different galaxies and have a guy like Ray leading fans on that journey. So that is our that is a fail. 
All right, so we're, we're two for three here. Sabine will showcase the force. Bada bing, bada fucking boom. Nailed it. All right, it, it took all the way until the eighth, but that prediction definitely rang true. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Princess Leia name drop. Not only did we get one, we got two. We got to see her personality shine through C-3PO when she essentially sent him to do her bidding to, to put Ziano back in his place and to remind everyone that, hey, you guys can have all these fancy fucking titles. I am Princess slash General Leia Skywalker. All right, you guys may call me Organa, but deep down, I am a fucking walker of the sky. My brother and I single-handedly won this shit for you fucks okay yeah thank you so beautiful win there another win we are awesome what are we what are we now four four or five here comes a fail though a luke name drop yeah luke name drop didn't happen i mean it's so surprising but i guess we had opportunity right we definitely had opportunity the perfect opportunity was the catch-up conversation between sabine and ezra like, how do you, Dave, how do you not give us the through line from Rebels when Leia was there by saying, hey, Ezra, remember when that Leia Organa did a mission with us? Guess what? She's fucking Darth Vader's daughter, and her twin brother is Luke Skywalker, who blew up a Death Star, learned how to become a Jedi Knight, beat Darth Vader, and had Darth Vader kill Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, like, I just... How do you not get that in there? Like, because the, 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 the Phoenix crew literally had an established connection with a young Leia. Remember, Leia, Ezra, same age. Yeah. That, that would have been so easy. Hey, man, remember Leia? Oh, yeah. She's got a brother. She's got a, a brother, and <laughs> they are Skywalkers, like Anakin Skywalker. Do you remember him? Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah it's uh, just, oh, well. It is, like, I, I don't know. It almost feels like... I think that there's a fear now, honestly, within like the writing of Luke. Like it's just I think that people are scared to to even bring him up now because he's such a force. And then what? Like you, you tell, can't even casually talk about him though. But like, it's come like because it, it once you find out about that as Ezra, what's the fucking first thing you're gonna do when you get back in the galaxy? You're like, oh, Hera, hey, nice to see you. I heard that there's a fucking Jedi that killed Darth Vader and the Emperor. Right. Oh, so you don't need me? I'm gonna go take a break on Lothal. Yeah, it's like, what, let's go find <laughs> that fucking guy. Because it, cha- right. it changes the whole, the, everything changes as soon as well, Luke is brought up. That's why the, the Beetlejuice meme, and if you don't know Beetlejuice, we're talking about Howard Stern's Beetlejuice. He's, he's a fucking legend, all right? But there's a meme where they got him going, who, who me? Who me? And he's, he's like outside of Luke's temple, and it says, essentially, Luke, as Thrawn is returning, uh, Dark Jedi are, are fucking up New Republic ships, Luke's just sitting there going, hey, gives a fuck. Well, yeah, I'm Luke dude, Skywalker, it, bitch. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a serious, like... It's a it's a fucking Superman thing. It's a, like yeah. it's it's the same thing as Superman because if like if Superman could just show up everywhere, which they have established that he can, then why doesn't he? Like he still has Red Five. Like we're we're just waiting for him to start force projecting himself yeah. across the galaxy as a young man. It's like it's it's it. He is your instant trump card to literally anything. And 
once because if if Ezra knows about it, it's like hi hi Hera, hi all of the oh New Republic. That's what you call yourself now. Yeah, I just got told that there's a jet like a a, a super Jedi. So why don't we just go well, get this guy and then the whole no, thing will even be better. over in five minutes. <laughs> like 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 let's say he learns about it. Here's how that scene should have got went. Literally, as soon as the ramp drop, he runs, runs off the fucking ramp, runs right up to Hera and starts shaking her by the face. What the fuck are you idiots doing? Exactly. <laughs> like Luke Skywalker lives here. Like, wh- 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 what's going on? Why, yeah. why are we fucking playing around here? If you think something shady's going on, phone Luke Skywalker. Send yeah. his ass in Red 5 to go investigate and kill everything. Yeah, it's like, look, oh, and his sister, you, you're you just good friends with his sister and you don't even think to bring it up? Like, does yeah. Leia have like a no Luke talk policy? Like, is that how it goes? Is that she's like, look, don't mention Luke's name to me. I cannot get Luke's autograph for you. I don't know where Luke is right now. I can't give you Luke's phone number. I'm sorry. Like He really did. Like, I I mean, I know everyone hates TLJ Luke and that he banished himself. I'm telling you, if you understand the character of Luke Skywalker, the fact that he banished himself makes complete sense. The shit where, you know, he was an asshole to his friends and Ray, that, that, that didn't make sense. But him saying, man, I fucked up. I quit. His fucking masters did that. Both of them. Both of them. Obi-Wan and Yoda were like, oh, fuck. We really screwed this galaxy up. See ya. You know, like, we, we fucked up. We can't do any better. So he's the same way. But it is. It's like, as soon as they get the big win, Luke's like, hey, guys. I'm Howdy. out. Like, like what, what, what else do you want of me? I blew up essentially two fucking Death Stars for you. Okay? I'm done. I need to go... Get in touch with my my Jedi roots. I need to go investigate how many midichlorians I have. Check out all these, you, you know, forced temples around the galaxy and rebuild the order. I don't have time to just take a day or two to completely eradicate the Imperial Remnant by myself. Yeah, I mean, he's a busy dude. He's a busy dude. But like, like, oh, Thrawn's back. All right, here comes Red 5, lands in the fucking bay, and we have a repeat of Mandalorian Season 2 finale. Yeah, I know. He, he, he just rolls in. Because hey, dude, Thrawn, how you doing? Throws it right through his fucking chest. I'm tell- Game like, over. Like, it was so cool to see, but it was such a big fuck up. Like, because now you have established that he can just do that. Like, you have now established that in the Mandoverse timeline... This dude, nobody even needs to call him. Like, you don't even need to send out a a Luke Skywalker distress call. He just knows. And yeah. he shows well, up. Th- through the force, man. Yeah. He, he can fear, feel it trembling, and, and here we go. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. It, it's essentially like, in case of emergency, smash glass. And behind the glass is fucking Luke. Yeah, and it's like, now you, like, he just shows up. He's like, oh, you baby Yoda's here. and I'm going to... Pop in, talk to this Mandalorian guy for a second, take this guy away. Okay, Baby Yoda doesn't want to be with me. Send him back home. Like, it's just... But, like, the fact that he literally... Like, our heroes are struggling hardcore. He walks in and just walks through everyone. Didn't even break a sweat. I mean... You could argue he wasn't even looking. Like, see how, uh, replay that scene. His hood is essentially covering his mouth. Yeah, like, the, no effort. So he walks in versus these fucking zombie trooper night sisters in Thrawn, and he's got, what, he sends a fart down the hallway and they're all dead? Like, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, he just, he bends over and he goes, wow, it's like a force, force fart. They're all like, yeah. it blows a hole in the side of the chimera, game over. And listen, we love Luke. 
But if you remember, some of you have been around this long, and God bless you. I don't know what's wrong with you. But I, I, this is the first time, I mean, I, I was going to die on they're never bringing in the Skywalkers because I considered it a cheat. I considered bringing Boba Fett into the Mandalorian a cheat way back when we heard the spikes in, in, the, in season one. And look where we're at. Nick is 100% correct. As much as I love Luke, they have now made him the, the fix-all. Yeah. So I guess I guess it's good that he just ignores everybody yeah. and doesn't care what's happening and is going to allow evil to rise on his watch just like his predecessors yeah, did. Yeah. I mean he is he's following the script that Yoda gave him. I mean it's crazy that like they they don't even they have to address him, right? Like they have to. Like they have to like there's no way that they don't at least say like we don't know where he is or something like that. Like they have to, like, it's just so hard at this point, too, to where the biggest, like, what is now positioned as the biggest existential threat to the galaxy, like, after the Empire has now made its presence known, and the one guy is not there, what are they going to say? Like, we don't know where he is? <laughs> like, he's fucking around. But the thing is, is you do know where he is, because right, Ahsoka went to go see him. In the yeah. fucking last season, <laughs> like and listen, you you know his sister has to know oh, too yeah. because he was tra- he was training her. Oh yeah, you, that, that's what I'm trying to think, Nick. I, I believe where we're at in the Ahsoka timeline probably would have been right when Leia quit. Yeah, like because she 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 saw the future and, and was like, hey, my kid, whatever they were trying to do in Rise of Skywalker with that nonsense. Uh, but but they they were training. It, it seemed like they picked up their training directly after Battle of Endor. So we probably are at the point where she was like, listen, man, like as much as I want to get into this shit because it's in my blood. It, I, I saw some shit. I just need to be what I did before. I'm, I'm more of the politician, uh, typical war leader, that type of stuff. Uh, so so she knows where he's at. And it, it's probably just like when we catch up in TFA and. She's like, you know what? Fuck it. He just fucking disappeared. I wish we had him, but here we are. I'm still trying to hold down the fort just like I did until we were 18 and that lazy asshole <laughs> finally found his way off of Tatooine. Yeah, dude, I don't Remember, know. It's just, from a certain point of view, Yoda wanted Leia. Yeah. It's just such Luke, a conundrum Luke's a fucking that dopey motherfucker. Now. It's just like, it's, and it's like, in us, like we as the audience just need to realize like, yeah, you, you've seen Luke Skywalker in this galaxy and you've seen him in these shows, but like you have to pretend like he just doesn't exist. Like, cause if, if you, if you think about it and you're like, oh yeah, well Luke Skywalker's here, then all of your problems are fixed. But we as an audience have to realize like Luke Skywalker exists. He's right in front of all our right. face, but he, he is, he cannot, he's unreachable. He, he straight to voicemail. <laughs> All right, check this out to maybe break this for the crossover. Because, I mean, Luke obviously has to be involved. If not, it's like, Dave, John, why? Why? Why why, why did you fucking pull that Band-Aid off then? Yeah. So here's, here's what I'd love to see. Okay? Luke gets pulled in. Most of our heroes are there, but, you know, Sabine and Soaker, they're, they're still trying to get back. Fight's getting down to it. Even Luke is struggling. That's when Ahsoka the White shows up, and she's the one that fucking saves his ass. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess. What do you, what do you think about that? Would, would that help? <laughs> would that maybe temper God Luke a little bit? If if Ahsoka and Sabine show up in the nick of time, they finally make it back, just as it looks like even Luke himself may finally fail, and it's Ahsoka the White, his father's apprentice, <laughs> is the one that truly saves Luke this time. What do you think about that? Um, no, he's he's still too super for that. I just don't. I don't see a world where you get that deep into the movie and Sabine and Ahsoka aren't there yet. Like, yeah. Cause, cause they, you, they still kind of have to be some of the mains. Yeah. Cause I like the way that they've set it up or the way that, that they've kind of like laid out your character journeys is like, he's, they, they have to be there for the ultimate fight. Right. Like I just, yeah, well they would be showing, but it, it would be like, you would, you would, you would have them been like your last 15 minutes of the movie. Kind of like an end game where they do the, the portals. Yeah, that yeah, would be it, Ahsoka be. coming, coming in and here we go, you know, yeah. Avengers, blah, blah. Because and, I, and, and then at that go. point it's just like, well, you just end gamed it. Like you just fucking <laughs> straight up copied it. The well, yeah, we, we know they're yeah. going to do that. I mean, yeah. come on, we know they're going to do it. But I, I don't know. I think you have a valid point. It really depends if we get Ahsoka season two and if they can develop that. If we get that, yeah. then yeah, I could see them being back before then. If they don't do Ahsoka season two, I don't know. I My idea might might yeah. come to fruition. Also, where it's just like, because then like at that point, you really have to examine the character of Luke Skywalker and like how you want to portray him. Because we like at this point, the Thrawn threat is really limited to whatever was in those crates. Like it's not really. And, and you know, obviously some of the other remnant are going to rally around yeah, him. I mean, so like, he, he is, he, he will have a fleet. Yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll have like a third of the strength, probably even less than that than the original empire. Oh yeah, dude. I, I don't even think a third. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he might have a, a, a fleet and that's it. Like he might have maybe two or three, three other star destroyers if he's lucky and and that's it and then obviously whatever is in their belly so all the tie yeah. fighters and the compliments so that, like, that are in a star destroyer then you have to really it's like how like what do you want to like what's luke's struggle like if you bring him in and it's like he struggles and then they come in and save the day like what does he struggle against like you really have to like make it believable for that character and i think that's what they've done a really bad job of so far is like they don't make the scenarios believable for the characters that are involved in them and that's been my whole problem with the ahsoka series is like like the characters aren't put in situations where they're believably struggling against anything and if you do that to luke skywalker then you further then you like cheapen the character value and it's yeah. a dangerous thing to do that to that character. Like for these characters, you can fuck around and do it because they're cartoon characters that you brought to life for the first time. And like a majority of the Star Wars audience doesn't know who they are. But if you do that to Luke Skywalker, then you make your titch like you make your fucking main guy look like a chump. And and you make him look like a chump on a made for TV movie. And like that's, that's not good though, either. Right? That's what we want, though, right? We want we want the bad guys to lose. But here here's a workaround for that. You're not wrong, Luke. Yeah, it's like do the clone right? Luke. Yeah. Luke. 
Yeah, you, you, you. I mean, if you do it, if you, if they, if he really reaches into legends that far, then like that's a that's a believable scenario. That like, well, we, we we know we have the cloning facility established in Bad Batch, right? Yeah, Tantus. Yep. And through the comics, his hand, the emperor had his fucking hand. Yeah, and so. he's already like cooking shit on Exegol, so. I don't know. I mean, he, he as as much as he didn't scratch your itches for him, Dave still pulled some stuff from Zahn's source material here. Um, a lot of the heir to empire stuff, from as it's been explained to me. I mean, outside of just saying heir to the empire. So, yeah, interesting stuff there. I, I like that. It's a nice little tangent. But it's time for our last Ahsoka segment. I know it's sad. And uh, we just cooked up a list. There's no number, but we've got our <coughs> top moments and then a couple low moments. Obviously, you're going to know one low moment from my friend mm-hmm. over here. So we'll, we'll save that for last. I'll, I'll kind of let him go out with a, you know, a, a, a glorious last diatribe about Mr. Thrawn. But for now, let's go ahead and reminisce about the show. It was a good show, ultimately. Thrawn or not, at least in my opinion. It, it was some damn good Star Wars. Um, definitely felt like the, you know, Dave really kind of settling in as the heir to the Star Wars storytelling uh, job role from George. So here we go. Um, there, there's more than nine moments. I'm just stupid and couldn't find the grid any bigger than nine. I'm not very good at this type of stuff. But starting with the good, right? Because we're a pot. I am a very positive <laughs> person. So we're going to start with the best moments. And Nick, to me, I know a lot of people didn't quite dig Sabine early on, but I really loved her introduction on Lothal. Uh, everything, you know, the, the Ishigatun that uh, Ludwig worked on with the, with the Kiner brothers is a fucking slapper. I mean, my, my daughter loves that. We play it every weekend. Sabine just looking like a badass on that swoop bike and doing that move, fucking with the, the E-wing pilots. I, 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 um, while the first two episodes for some people did drown on a bit and Sabine seen the kind of ho-hum, blah, 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 long hair. She can't be a Jedi. Her intro was fucking top notch. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree that like, of the first two episodes, that definitely stands out as like one of the highlights for me is the uh, the intro to Sabine, first time really getting to to see her in this new era, and I think that they did a really good job of establishing like her character archetype with that intro. Like, so I think yeah, I think that that was yeah, a, I mean a, it well was done. very well done scene, great way to introduce a character to both old fans and new. One that really surprised me, and you know, we were talking about C-3PO, and I, I, while I have a love for him because he's from my era, and I have very fond memories of those films, it's hard for me to put him in my top five of droids, especially with some of the new droids we've come across, you know, Chopper, this guy here we're about to talk about from Ahsoka, um, B2 from Andor, even BB-8. Um, you know, so C-3PO, he kind of gets an honorable mention. But, Nick, I have to say, Hu Yang pretty much stole every scene he was a part of <laughs> in this first season of Ahsoka, right? I mean, he, he did a really... He, he, brought, he brought a lot of the humor. He brought some insight. 
He said some crafty things. He gave us some Kanan drops here or there, some Jedi lure. I was I was very impressed with live action Hu Yang. No, yeah. I mean, he was such a standout, especially early in the series where like some of the other things were were taking their time developing. He was definitely like what a lot of people look to as like the highlight of of those first two episodes. And and here's what I'll say about about 3PO and R2 for that. I mean, like obviously though they were the OG droids. They were the ones who were kind of setting the uh, like the stage for what droids could be in, in Star Wars and more specifically, like what droids could be in sci- like science fiction for the next, you know, 40 years. And I think what they've done a really good job of like Star Wars writers in general is like taking those two as archetypes and then really expanding on what, what a droid can be and how intelligent they can be and how useful they can be and all the different things that really make droids droids. And um, I think that Hu Yang is like definitely one of the best versions of a Star Wars droid that we've seen recently. Um, yeah, he, that, that's a great way to, to describe it because he kind of had the the humor that the astromechs would give us. Mm-hmm. But, but the, he also had the kind of the wisdom and the ability to communicate with with the humanoids that you would get from a protocol droid like C-3P. Exactly. It, like he was a really good mesh of both sides of that yeah and um that's really you know they're you know obviously the k2 was one of the first ones where it was like they were using a droid as your primary um like towards the end of rogue one like they're using a droid as like the emotional tug like in a really big way was that the most emotional you got over a star wars droid oh yeah i I think so i think i think so yeah i mean that that, that's got to be it for sure because it's not like our heroes ever really sacrificed themselves. I mean, when I was a little kid, don't get me wrong, when fucking R2 gets his fucking pop top by his former best friend, that that used to hurt me a little bit as a little boy, you know? And, you know, I, I, I would always react like C-3PO when he'd see him like, oh my God, R2, are you gonna, can you make a little... So, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, our droids never really laid it on the line <laughs> yeah <laughs> like like k2 did so yeah k2's up there as well um but hu yang he um he just killed it in ahsoka mm-hmm. and david Tennant. and it was so glad they brought him back i mean obviously he's a fucking expert actor but i really think that that's <coughs> kind of what added to the overall excellence of this dude um speaking of droids up next choppers corellia heroics um, I mean, come on. If you were never exposed to this little fucking bucket before, that was the best way to get to know him. He's a he's a murder bot. He doesn't give a fuck about shit. And the only person that can keep him from wanting to kill the entire galaxy is Hera. It was a brilliant scene to showcase his personality, you know, doing his fucking flex shit blaming her for losing stuff, just saying, "Hey, can we just blow up this city to save ourselves some time?" He he is up there. I mean, he he's top three for me. Yeah, no, he is. He was fantastic. I think that they did a really great job of of like translating his antics in animation to live action. Like they even <laughs> were able to like do his little arm thing. 
Um, so that, yeah, no, I think that the translation of chopper to live action was super successful. That, that whole scene just from start to finish. Hey, can we blow him up? No. Hey, (laughs) you lost my shit, bitch. And she's like, no, I didn't just move something. He's like, Oh fuck. You're right. It's like, and you know the the way he talks, or, and uh, he's just fantastic. You you gotta love that you know he's a, he's an astromech and he's got this busted ass fucking tire as his third leg. Yeah, like, like he doesn't even get a real third leg like R two or R five or R four. He's he's got this fucking like shit bag nineteen forty two World War two plane tire coming out of his underbelly so he is a classic angry little dude and uh, angry little dudes that's kind of who i am so obviously i'm gonna love this one um well you know this is because i'm a i'm a heathen but i i gotta say Hera's ass in particular and how jason was used in episode five in particular I, i i lumped them together since they were the family unit but listen I know it sounds creepy and childish, but my goodness, did her bum look fantastic in those orange pants. All right, we'll leave it at that. Okay, I know it makes people uncomfortable, <laughs> but I love Twilex and I love apple bottoms. Okay, and Mary Elizabeth has one. Now we know why she's with Mr. Hello there. Okay, makes complete sense. But in all seriousness, Hera was pretty great. And I really enjoyed Jason and the slow burn they did with him to expose his connection to the force and possibly set up his future, either training with um, Ezra, Ahsoka, Sabine or fuck the 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 the, the lost one, Luke Skywalker. Um, You know, if it wasn't for Jason, we don't find Ahsoka. Yeah. um, he played a, a bigger role than I thought he would play with his live introduction. Yeah, I really do hope that like he is explored further as they push deeper into this timeline. Um, just because we know where, like, like we said last time, we know where all this is leading, and like he's clearly a force sensitive child, and he's got a force sensitive father, and. We know that Luke establishes a Jedi Academy and like what, so like what is his involvement there? Is, does Jason get training? Um, why you, again, it's like, it's a conundrum you put yourself in when you, when you like expose these characters to like the light of day is like, okay, well what happens to him now? And like, do you, do you actually like follow through and, and continue to, to follow his development with great interest or does he fall to the wayside and was just like a cool parlor trick that they use in this series? So that's, I, I, I really enjoy how they use him, but I really want them to capitalize on it as well. Like, don't leave it here. Like, let's see what this kid turns into. Yeah. I mean, dude, we're, we're still talking about a galaxy that's deficient in force users of, of any side. So why are you going to discourage that? I, I mean, obviously, I understand the, the, the mother angle. Yeah. Do, do I want to potentially give up my son to go join this order because they technically shouldn't be hanging out with us anymore? Uh, and just in general, we need the light to start to rebuild. So if we have someone that came from a light side Jedi's testicles and his mother is a, a re- re- rebellion war hero... It seems like the best type of force user you would want to start training 
for the side of righteousness. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's, it's really like, will there be follow-up? Will the follow-up come in live action or animated form? And, and like, do we actually approach that time period? Like, do we actually eventually get to a place where you do start to explore the Jedi training that was going on in, you know, that time period and in, in the pre TF. Right. I, I mean, did, did, did Luke just give up after Grogu told him to go fuck off? I mean, was that it? It was just like, Hey, I tried robots. Keep working. I need a house. You know, yeah. I, it, it might not be a temple, but I at least need somewhere to live, sleep. I don't want to get wet when it's raining outside. Uh, so y- you'd wonder, you would think Luke would be like, Ah, hmm. I'm feeling something in the air today. Uh, oh, Jason Sindula. Okay, Force. Yeah, let me go check in on him. See if he wants to join the club. Yeah, I mean, it it seems to make sense. And you know, he was literally going around looking for Force sensitives, and we know yeah. he has the ability to, to right. feel them. Like he's listening. Yeah, he's I listening mean, through he, the Force. That's the best part. Like, it's not like Grogu called him. Grogu sent up a fucking smoke signal yeah. through the force. I mean, Luke Skywalker is like light side Santa Claus. Let's put it that way. This, he, he can feel your presence. He knows yes. when you're good. He knows when you're bad. If you're like good, it. he'll show up to your house and give you the present of training you to be a Jedi. Like Ho, ho, ho. May the force be with you. Yes. So I don't know. I mean, like that's that's what I'm most interested in now is like how like you're planting the seeds. Like it's unquestionable that these seeds are being planted. Like. Do you actually like, reap the, the benefits of the crop yeah. now? Like, do you Pay actually, off. you know, go to that? So we, we just got to see what yeah, happens. You know, Nick, if they want to use Luke, let's just do a series about Luke fucking at the temple in, in that process, right? Good. That makes sense for Luke. Then then we would understand why he, he's not showing up at these big battles to yeah, save the day. Yeah, I mean, he's got more important things to do. I, I think the whole galaxy would understand. Hey, where's fucking Luke Skywalker when you need him? Oh, he's training a legion of other Luke Skywalkers. Oh, yeah, it's like okay, no that's, problem. That's yeah, why let's, he can't show yeah. up at the middle of anywhere. There we go. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I mean, Sebastian Stan is waiting. He's waiting. <laughs> he's he's ready. He's oh, got his man. Luke Skywalker yeah, Mark, face. Yeah, Mark. Mark has blessed it. Mark's like, please, I, I don't want to keep doing this. Just go ahead. I'm still gonna get paid. Go. Yeah, it's like motherfucker. I own the Luke Skywalker brand, uh, bitch. Like, just let let Sebastian run it for a little bit. Yeah, and then yeah. I'll still get my money. Don't worry. <laughs> like, all right. Oh yeah, we'll see what happens. We we're we're uh, we are on a Luke tilt today. I know, right? All right. Multiple times. Up next here, the um the the Cetos duels in full. So what I'm talking about would be uh when Ahsoka and Sabine leave the ship and they encounter Shin and Maroc they kind of have their things Maroc falls Shin and Sabine have a uh, essentially a stalemate and then it picks up with probably th- the best duel of the season or the most samurai like if you will the Ahsoka v Balin before he temporarily kills her so they looked great. The visuals were fantastic. I thought the choreo looked pretty spot on. It was a mix of prequel, fast, and more of our, our original trilogy, methodical fighting. Uh, it was just, you know, it just it was the, the eye candy moments in the season. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely, for me personally, this was my 
best moment of the entire series. Like for me personally, like these duels and not only the duels, but obviously the, the, the conversation that was had around them with Balin and Ahsoka, the, the eventuality of what was to come after that. Like, I think that that was the, the highlight of the, the series for me. Because in that, like I was saying previously, like I was saying towards the end of the series, like lack of struggle, there was no real threat to these heroes. Balin was like, that was the biggest moment of struggle in the whole series. That, that fight between, hey, Beer. A, between Beer Ahsoka straight up. and Balin, straight up. Like he, like Ahsoka comes in like fully like, oh, I, I know what I'm doing. I'll take this dude out. No problem. Beat down. Like she puts up a fight. Yeah, but it is a legitimate struggle for her. And she gets beat. She gets beat to the point of near death, mm-hmm. yep. which was and, and and really learns from that, which is why that for me, like that whole sequence, that and then the episode to follow episodes four and five, uh, best <laughs> moments in the series for me. If if Ahsoka ended at the end of episode five, it oh, would be dude. Nick's favorite Star Wars of all time. But unfortunately, top six, seven and eight happened. And now it's a little poopy for him. Left it left a bad taste there at the end. Did not stick the landing in his opinion. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, like like you said, the, the Balin and Ahsoka was a thing of beauty. Uh, not only did they have a true dialogue, but they're also having a conversation with the way they were fighting each other. Exactly. I mean, literally, their movements were a dialogue in and of itself. It, it was it was great. I mean, yeah, the the Anakin versus Ahsoka stuff was was pretty cool too. But that you know that was that fast twitch prequel. I'm here to murder you. My name's Darth Vader. Fighting where the Balin and Ahsoka, every one of their duels where were very samurai esque, very methodical, multiple style changes, uh, you know, uh, multiple changes in who had the upper hand. It was just like Nick said, poetry in motion, both through the words they spoke and their actions through their their fighting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of our boy. Nope, just kidding. Mm-hmm. Balin and Shin's New Republic intro. A great way to not only kick off the premiere, but to introduce what has now gone down as one of the greatest sets of villains in all of Star Wars, even though they they sort of weren't villainy yeah, in the end. You know. And that's that's the arrival of Balin Shin on New Republic, and then just how they r- literally run roughshod over that cruiser, destroy it by themselves, and get their mark in Morgan yeah. Elsbeth. It just it set the tone for those two. It definitely did. And I think that like we've waffled like talked about this a lot like villain is is it the term to use i think the perfect term to use is just more of a general antagonist like yeah they're they're yeah. not villains but they're also not heroes they're they are antagonists in the sense that they are to a degree working counter to the right. the goals of our heroes but they're not directly opposing our heroes in any way at this point anymore like balin was not you know, in any way, shape or form, like trying to foil the heroes. Nope. After they got to Peridia. No, like after they Just got if to they Peridia, got in his way, if they got yeah. in his way, he would he would push him out of the way. Yeah, but that's it. And, and that's what he would do. He's like, I'm just moving you away from me. I'm not I have no interest in killing you because I truly think that in that first battle, like if he wanted to chop Ahsoka's head off, he could have done it like he could have murdered her. And had her body laying on that fucking circle. Sure. But sure. he, but he, like he took it to the point where he's like, 
I'm, I'm moving you out of my way. And if you survive, you survive. But that my goal is to not kill you. He even yeah, said he it. Even, right. He even said like, Hey, I'm, I'm glad to see you again. Like on Peridia. He's like, I was kind of expecting this, even though, you know, he, he thought he killed her. So, you know what, Nick, now with some hindsight, knowing his goal all along was to find the, the Mortis mon- monastery, as yeah. we think. Do you think when he was talking to her in that fight, essentially saying, like, I wish you could just see the big picture because you might be with me. Do you think he knew that she had direct interaction with the gods of Mortis? That's such a good question. Um, Well, I'm a a damn good Star Wars (laughs) fan, everybody. Here you go. That's such a good question. We are under the assumption at this point that he has some sort of either connection or communication with Either Abeloth, who is like, you know, positioning themselves in a different way, because obviously if he's if if he's hearing like I'm Abeloth, I'm a fucking giant universe destroying monster, probably not as excited to make his way there. Um, But if he is in communication with something that is fronting themselves to be gods of Mortis like, then maybe there was like maybe he could feel that there was a connection between Ahsoka and these, and these gods before. And maybe that's why he was like, I wish I could tell you this, but I just can't because if I, if I did, then it would just fuck everything up. Like, well, well think about this. I mean, she essentially died on Mortis and was saved by the daughter so that she has some of the daughter in her. That's why Morai, the convoy watches over. And that's why the end of, of, of Ahsoka, when both Morai and Anakin showed up, they were essentially saying like, Hey, we got you. You're, you are where you need to be. Ahsoka herself said, listen, let's not worry about this shit. We are now where we're supposed to be, Sabine, so let's move forward. And her spirit guides were telling her that, too. But, Nick, I mean, he was General Balin Skull. He knew General Anakin Skywalker. We can most definitely say that they might have talked about that mission. Like, hey, yeah. dude. You remember that shit we you heard when you were younglings, the gods of Mortis? Um, I saw we were fucking tr- we were transported there, and uh, Ahsoka was saved by the daughter. Yeah, that one hundred percent could have happened. So, you know, you you have to think that Balin might have had some insights into Ahsoka's experience with the Mortis gods. No, yeah, I mean one hundred percent. It's very possible, and. I think that that he probably could sense, you know, a little bit of like you, you have a connection or, you, you know, he knows directly of the connection that they had. Um, <laughs> Which Travis saying here he, misheard that as uterus destroying monster. Yeah. When I said you know universe what? destroying monster. Oh, no, that's Adela. that's what people call Nick's penis. Yeah. <laughs> Nick's penis is dubbed the uterus destroying <laughs> monster. You didn't hear it from me. OK. <laughs> uh, but oh, I, like I think that, that like. I think that there could have been. I think he 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 probably did either sense it or or know of it through conversations that he had with Dude, Anakin or something like that. You, I mean, l- listen. Everyone wants to make Ahsoka the daughter because she technically has a, a piece of her with her. So, you know, why Balin wouldn't be able to maybe sniff that out? Or like I said, he just heard the the story from Anakin. Yeah. And and if if we now know that the, these childhood tales about Peridia were they were telling them about hey. The, the, the gods of Mortis, this, this could be the actual home of Mortis, of the monastery. This is it. Like, this is where it's at. It's truly here. That's where they got transported to. So, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of liking that. I, I hopefully our AI picks this up for a clip because uh, I think this got some juice. I think I think it will. I think it'll. I think it'll grab this. Come on, this. Opus. Come on, Opus. Yeah. All right, good one there. Up next, um, obvious one here. I mean, really, the entire episode five is that. That's like the best Star Wars in in a long time. Maybe you know, Mando season one, season two finale, probably even better than that. But we're talking about the world between world lessons, and then obviously the white emerges. Uh, I yeah. mean. Uh, the entire episode from from start to finish, even the little check-in with Hera, it, it's just like, yay, thank you. I mean, uh, Hayden kind of got his his um, his glory again. Like his, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he started in started that tour with Kenobi, but really got to kind of be his guy here. No suit, no bullshit, and he was excellent. And the, the lesson was excellent. We don't need to go over that again. Watch our videos. We we were explained it to you if you're stupid. Um, but you know, visuals were great. Young Ahsoka was great. Live action Clone Wars was fantastic. Everything about it was, was just aces. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's hard to go into that any further. I I mean, you've nailed it. It's just, it was probably, yeah, the, the best, I mean, one, it's the best version of Hayden Christensen, Anakin Skywalker we've ever seen. Um, and two, the, the connection between Hayden and Ahsoka as actors was just on another level. Like the, oh, yeah. the, the, like those two playing off of each other with those characters was, was done so well. And, you know, you add that to well, the We obvious. all know they were in acting school together, yeah, I right? Saying, like that was, you know, like I think Rosario had talked about that in previous interviews that like she had, you know, been to the same acting school as as Hayden and, and they had known each other from that time. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. I mean, know, but yeah, you are right. They just I mean, you could tell both of them have had studied the animated versions in that relationship. I mean, Hayden 100% was hitting some of the animated Anakin cadences, yeah. movements when those scenes were being filmed. It, it was just, it, it was everything. I mean, it, it. There you go. I mean, that that's that's the guy. That is Anakin. That's Vader. That is the guy. He's always been Star Wars for me, and that's why the prequels bummed me out. But we're not going to go into that. Uh, so love that shit. And then obviously we get Ahsoka rebirth. She's much more like the spunky risk-taking motherfucker we knew from the Clone Wars once she, you know, came to peace with all the um, the trauma that Anakin's fall had caused her. Just, yeah. Just great stuff there. And, and the fact that we, you know, he's a ghost. We know he's following her, watching over now like Obi-Wan did for Luke. Uh, the potential is extremely high for more Hayden in the Mandoverse timeline, and that is excellent. Yeah, 100%. Good stuff there for right. sure. Kind of, kind of a cheap one, just fun visuals, kind of tapping into the Clone Wars feel a bit. But I loved Space Soka. Mm-hmm. All right, when when she donned her suit, got out there, was doing her aerials, literally fighting, uh, you know, snub fighters with two lightsabers standing on the wing of her T six. So just, just, just cool shit. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. That that's why Jedi's can can usually beat up dudes that are blue and are really smart because they can do <laughs> shit like that too. <laughs> Jump around in space, chop off yeah, those let, wheels. Let, let, <laughs> let's see you do some gymnastics in space, Thrawn. Okay, Ezra's saber build scene. All right, yeah, hey, Ezra's back. Okay, I think really where, if you're a new fan and even old fan, where you really start to get to see who Ezra is is in that scene. Um, I, I just I loved it from start to finish how it started a bit contentious with Hu Yang, 
But as they kept talking and building, they came to a, a, an understanding that, oh, you have been involved in all this for a long time. You also were involved with my master, Caleb, who taught me well. And mm-hmm. I am showing you as, a, as an expert Jedi droid that I'm a damn good apprentice. Look how much I've learned. Look what my master taught me. And the, the other great part was watching Sabine kind of take all this in and go like, oh, fuck. Like, why can't Ahsoka and I have been like Kanan and Ezra? Yeah. Because then Hu Yang would have loved me, you know? So it, it was a great scene to touch on some of the Ezra and Kanan from the past, but also to highlight some of the troubles that Sabine was going through on her journey to become a Jedi. Yeah. What The one thing that I thought was funny about this scene, and if you look at because it happens in two different episodes... So there, there, there's a moment where they're like fighting, you know, all the, 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 whatever, the, um, the wastelanders and shit like that. Uh, Sabine's trying to give him the lightsaber and he's like, I'm, I'm one with the four, whatever his line was like, I won with the force. I don't need a lightsaber in universe time. 15 minutes later, motherfuckers in the thing, building a lightsaber. It's like, you just said you didn't need it. Well, what he should have said was, I gave that to you. That's your lightsaber now. Right. <laughs> like, not yeah, you keep I'm, it. Not I'm one with the force. I don't need a lightsaber. And then immediately after that ends, like, man, I need a fucking lightsaber bad. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> like, Ma- mommy Ahsoka's like, hey, bro, you're 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 uh, you're Taras Kasi's pretty neat. But we're going to go raid a castle. Just three of us. So please get yourself a fucking blade. Yeah. It's so, like, come on, yeah. dude. Like. Get real. Let's get over this shit. You're not fighting Tuscan, uh, Tuscan samurai anymore. Yeah, we're, you're fighting we're going up against. Thrawn you're fighting stormtroopers who are super dangerous. Yes, yes. <laughs> Especially when they're zombies. Yeah, when their yeah. eyes are rotted out and they really can't see. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but right. that, that was definitely a fun scene between those. Yeah, two. just hey, the, the, the little connection to the emitter and I, there's yeah. only been two of these i was saving it for caleb and now he gets it so fantastic all right this is going to be a very short discussion here but i for one really liked how thrawn arrived like did back into the, the galaxy like back into the no 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 galaxy? no, no it, in the show okay. like literally the, the way it was shot the cinematography was excellent you had the organs playing it sits over the night sister penis it mounts it and then you, you get that back shot and the Thrawn, 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 Thrawn. And he walks out all like a fucking Mac Daddy is like, hey, the nightmare of this and that. And do to do to do to do. I'm going to piss off Nick. I, I, I still that, like that at least. That, about that Thrawn. moment was fantastic because it's before he started doing and anything. Then it, it went all downhill but for the, Nick after that. But then he that. started like actually doing stuff and then that all went to shit. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. So like I said, I, I didn't want to put too much on there about Thrawn. I, you know, I put it, it's out there on the record. I thought it was just fine, but that's me. My buddy over here, young Nick fucking hated go, him. And go and read hoped. this dude's comment on our most recent fucking YouTube post. He like, he, he break, he eviscerates Thrawn even more than I do. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then there's him and then one other guy also. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they just hey, fucking you know. ate into him. You're not in the minority, but you know there's there's a bunch of people like me that just sit there and smile, like hey, you know, not that bad. So I, I didn't want to put too much about Thrawn. I'm going to leave it at that. 
Um, up next, C-3PO owns Ziono. And yeah, we, we kind of already talked about that mm, in the once. It, it was our way of getting Leia's kind of presence and, and attitude in there. And it was, it was a good moment. And then um, last of the top here, um, it really is just the, the surprise tease of a live action Mortis arc. And, and I want to throw in as a, as a general, just excellent aspect of Ahsoka season one. I really think uh, Kevin Kiner's score was fucking immaculate. He did did a fantastic job. He he, he fucking knocked it out of the park, making it feel new, but he incorporated enough of the main themes from rebels and just overall star Wars. It it felt familiar. I'm not saying he, John Williams did, but it was, it was, it was the closest I've heard someone get to really making the music be as important as the story and the characters and the sets and the effects. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did a fantastic job of like really elevating those moments in the show that like could have been ho-hum or could have been like less than, but his score really did like help to elevate those moments uh, and bring them to like near, you know, John Williams levels. Like yeah, saying, but, so. but like I said, the, the, I kind of made it two moments, but really the, the fact that they went there with the with the live action Mortis stuff. And, and, you know, we've been bitching and moaning like, Hey, star Wars is so formulaic, but I, I feel like this could break it. We, we could get some new type of shit. We're going to be stuck on this planet, exploring the, the deep, deep, deep mystical religious side of the force. Yeah. I mean, I and, hope and that that's that, exciting. Yeah. I hope that's followed up on for sure. Like I said, in our last episode, like the things that really interest me the most definitely still lie on Peridia. And it's, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously like we're going to start to get into our worst moments now and I'll skip the one from now, but like what really affects the ongoing, you know, the ongoing uh, development of that thread is knowing that Ray Stevenson is gone. Your, your first worst moment is, is knowing that Ray the person is yep. no longer around and how that affects the ongoing storytelling in terms of like the Mortis, uh, the Mortis arc that was introduced at the very end of the show. And, and like, how does that pick up now? How do we, how do we continue yeah. to explore that? It, um, is we got, kind of we got three, three options. I think three options. You fucking do the, the, the Carrie Fisher lay a bandaid like they did from TLJ to Tross. Not ideal. You recast the most ideal, mm-hmm. you know, Liev Schreiber, um, Pierce Brosnan could be a good one, I think. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of got kind of got that look a little bit. Or the worst is. Yeah, I mean, you, you pivot, you pivot away and uh, maybe you just you, you shift it into Ahsoka is the one that has to now figure it out or you possibly reposition Shin to kind of take that lead. Um, but yeah, I, 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 re- I don't want this to go away because this to me, is, it would be the most fresh feeling Star Wars narrative out there because it, it's going to touch on the shit that George himself wanted to get in the Star Wars but used the animated series to kind of do it first. I mean, George is the one that came up with the gods, force gods. He wanted force gods. And, you know, Dave helped him flesh all that shit out. But this... This came from the maker, okay? He wanted to establish that there are gods of the force and they kind of influence its effect on the entire universe. Yeah. Uh, So is he going there to snuff it out? Is he going to take it over? Uh, I mean, you could argue if it is 
uh, Abeloth and he knows it's Abeloth. Remember what he said? He's like, sometimes you essentially need to burn things down to start yeah. something great. And that's exactly what Abeloth, the mother, would do. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that the the options laid in front of us are definitely hard to choose from because the story for the heroes within this arc, I assume are already written in like, that's what makes it hard to pivot it to somebody like Ahsoka is like have Ahsoka take up right. the, the, the path that yeah. she was, you know, or that Balaam was supposed to take, because I assume that she, you know, Dave already has her arc and like what her part to play in that story was already done. Like the pivot to Shin could be interesting just because there is no, dif- like, yeah, they, they put her in a position as, like, she's ca- kind of taking control of her own destiny now by, like, inserting herself as the leader of these uh, these Wastelanders on Peridia. But, like, ultimately, I don't know what Dave had planned for that story. Like, I don't know where, where that story was to lead. Like, does she just now make a life for herself on well, Peridia? Well, I, I, I can tell you what Ivana had said about her character. It was essentially, like, she just wants to feel like she belongs so i do think she was going to become the leader there like that that would give her that sense of belonging that's why she went there she's like yeah. all right everyone else has has cast me aside i'm too scared to deal with the good guys because you know I, I was a little fucky to them so there's no better way to feel like you belong than to become a leader of a of a leaderless faction yeah so I mean, it's an interesting story to tell in itself. And I think that you can still accomplish that goal and edit that story to be like, because, okay, like you can, you can essentially take that story say like, okay, yeah, she does take over as the leader of this, of this clan. But But then then what? But then like they live there. Like the, these, right. these wastelanders live on pretty, they have to know legends or stories or something right. about this, you know, this, this, the, these far, this far off monastery or the, the, this, the, the, the gods that, that, you know, affect the entire galaxy. Someone etched those fuckers into the mountains, right? Yeah. Nick? So like these wastelanders have to have some sort of knowledge or connection to this place that is mm-hmm. Balin's ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. And with him gone, maybe you can have both with Shin. Like you have her be the leader of this faction, but also have her be the one that is shepherding the audience along this journey towards the gods of Mortis based off of what is told to her by the Wastelanders. So you can have both there. But then obviously I think that you're right. The best option is just recast. Um, Well, you know, with with the Shin thing, you got to remember, she didn't want to be here. She doesn't want to be stuck on this planet. So you could argue with her new family quotes, she may seek after Balin anyways. Like, hey, bro, I I didn't make it off. Like, uh, come on, you you led me here. Like, can can I at least get back into this? Or like you said, she learns about the the lore and whatnot from the locals and goes, oh, maybe maybe I can use this to get home. Yeah. So, you know, a few different avenues, obviously yet to be seen. And I assume that if, you know, once the SAG strike is finished, we, the big tell will be like recasting news. If we don't get any recasting news, you know, that one of the two secondary options happened. (laughs) So 
Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I guess if we had to pick between those two, I would still prefer the, the Leia Band-Aid, even though that was pretty wonky, but at least they still try to tell a part of that story instead of just doing a complete pivot to something new. Yeah, so, I mean... Um, but hey, I mean, really, the news we need before any of this, and it's one of my other worst moments, it's not knowing that we're even going to get a second season. So, yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, mean that, th- this goes, and here's like a piece of interesting news that is not related to Star Wars directly, but it is related to Star Wars in a very big way. Um, Loki season two comes out, second most watched premiere ever on Disney Plus, I think the first most watched, or. Might have been, yeah, no, ever. Um, first most watched was Mandalorian season three. How is this Star Wars related? Because that shows you the fall off that happens after the Mandalorian. Like people watch the Mandalorian, but they don't watch the content that is connected to yep. the Mandalorian. It, it, it's like flagship only. It's like, oh, yeah. that shows back. The reason I checked out Disney Plus in, in the first place. So like you, what you would really like to see is like that carryover. carryover. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. okay, Mando season three, highest watched, uh, you know, premiere ever on Disney Plus. What's number two? Ahsoka. That would be perfect. But what we're seeing is large fall off from Mandalorian to all of its minor properties that come under it. Like, Hey Nick, that- do you, do you think they could fix that if they didn't have such a spread in between the shows? It's hard to, to judge, but I think what you need is like, is yeah, like a shorter window of time between the shows. And then you like also it almost need- leads into it. Like, That's what hey, I was going to say. In, you in need- three weeks, you, you get Ahsoka. Yeah, like you need direct lead in. And yeah. I'm not talking like direct lead in in, time, in terms of time. Like, like yes, a, time is well. A narrative handoff. Like a, a fucking, yeah. yeah. Like this show ends and it's like, hey, guess what? Narratively, this is what's happening next. And guess what? The show's coming out in two weeks. Like, Well, dude, you know how they could do that real quick and cheap? Bring in the fucking MCU stingers, people. Like, is it yes. that hard? Like, yeah. Just bring in a stinger to fucking lead into your next show. And like, I don't know. So like, and that's the thing is like, ultimately. They've only what, done it once with, with book and it, yeah. and it worked, right? It got everyone like, okay, yeah, let's check it out. But yeah. now they're like, yeah, fuck it. Who cares? We want to make Star Wars MCU and have a big crossover, but why use the fucking roadmap that uh, Feige and them laid out for us? Yeah. So, I mean, Yay. that's, that's the big. <laughs> hurdle right now and like another piece of news that i heard is that specifically on the marvel side like this this is not news about star wars but on the marvel side they are from what i've heard execs want to pivot from from away from limited series like short short run limited series to multi-season type of stuff like like traditional the old school tv like old school tv yeah like traditional you know like I don't, you know, 20 episode multi-season style of shows. And what that does is like keeps you on the hook. It, it does. Like in while the limited series shit is fun, you have no connection. Like you have no reason to it's like, well, why should I watch Moon Knight if I watched Loki? Like, what's the connection? Well, there really right. isn't any except for like the tenuous tie of it being MCU. Whereas like if Loki is in season four, 20 episodes, you're invested because you're already into it. And that may, like, I don't know if that's going to be what they do with Star Wars as well, because that also changes the way that development happens. It's like, because right now the Mandoverse is a series of interconnected limited series 
and if they shift away from that in Star Wars, then that really changes how your development cycle works because then in that world, Ahsoka wouldn't even have its own season. Ahsoka would be season five of The Mandalorian or something like that. Or they would have... Well, its- even like you said, I, I mean... How great would it be to return to, oh, hey, it's fall. It's time for the new season. Oh, it's the winter. We're going to take a break for a few months. Oh, it's the spring. Now we get to see how the season finishes and sets up the next season, which is going to be here in the fall again. So you're always in that cycle. You're on that hook. You're always engaged in the property, right? You're always wondering like, okay, yeah. I mean, remember the, you know, the, the, the loss craze, like, oh, shit. I can't wait till it comes back in September to see what happened at the end of May. Yeah. That's all gone away for the most part, except for old people that still watch network TV. Yeah. And I think that like what, what streamers are now realizing is, is like there wasn't anything wrong with the programming model. Like the programming model was still good. The problem was, is the delivery method. Mm-hmm. Like people moved away from the delivery method, but, but what they did was, Instead of keeping the programming model and changing the delivery method, they changed both of them. And like it worked for a little bit because it was like fresh and new. And like, look at this. There's all these different series. And yeah. now they're realizing like, oh, you shit. Can binge. Like w- when you have all these different series, you lose viewership for each one right. down they're, the they're, rung that you go. They're cannibalizing each other. Yeah. So I think that they've realized well, that it, with dude, the MCU you, you, now. You've seen Netflix now. What are they doing with their flagships? No oh, more binging, right? They'll, they'll drop half a season, then make you wait a month or two and drop the next. It's yeah. still not the traditional model, but they figured out like, hey, uh, we could probably keep people paying for another month or two if we just spoon feed them the first part of The Witcher. Eh, I don't feel like canceling. It's coming back in, you know, 60 days and then they get the end. So yeah, yeah you're right. It, they, even the streamers are almost reverting back to the traditional model of broken up seasons over a year's timeline. Yeah. I mean, it's like, that's what keeps people interested because now we're in a, like we're in a situation with star Wars where it's like, okay, Ahsoka's done. And you like, wait years to yeah. get payoff. It's like, years. what, what happens now? It's like, okay, well, fuck. <laughs> like next show that's coming out is skeleton crew. And it may just be like, mention a name. You, you yeah. might not even get any exposure. So, all right, well, Hey, you know what? We're, 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 we're pushing our time here, buddy. I know you like to get out early. So even though you're, you're ramped up, I'm, I'm here to help you on yeah. time management. So, so yeah, let's, uh, uh, our, our, our last up. hate Maroc fooled us all, you know, <laughs> we talked about that. And then Thrawn, do you want to end it, Nick? One one last shot across the bow. <laughs> um, I mean, I've I've definitely like made my my thoughts clear on Thrawn. And here, like, let me try to like focus this for you a little bit more because I think that people think that I hate the whole series because I don't like the portrayal of Thrawn. No, he just I, hates half the series. I just hate half the series. No. <laughs> what I want, like, what is the most enjoyable thing? And I'm gonna make an analogy to make it easy for people to understand is when a victory feels good. Like when it feels like, man, they really fucking earned that. And the way that I put it is like, if you're running a race and the guy that you're running against, against like breaks his ankle, it doesn't feel good to win because you didn't do anything to earn it. And like where we're at right now in this series is like, 
it's a series of unearned victories that just don't feel good. It's like you literally, like literally your payoff on this series was like, I didn't run fast enough. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't that they, they really got beat down and like Thrawn really beat them. Yeah. They got or lost like, to the clock, man. They lost yeah. to the clock. And it's like, when you watch, like, what's the, like, when you go and watch UFC highlights, or if you go and you watch boxing highlights, do you watch highlights of, of things that ended in a decision more than likely not like you're watching you're watching fucking knockouts you're watching submission wins like the 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 races that you see in the olympics aren't usain bolt versus five amateurs it's it's versus the fucking best and that's what makes them interesting is that when they win they fucking won against the best or they won against fucking crazy odds and it felt like in this show they got beat by a clock and it doesn't even feel good because like ultimately it's literally like i was saying for the for the end of the show it's like they run through everything like the only hiccup that they run into is that they, they ran out of time and like that doesn't feel good I want it to feel like, man, Thrawn really put it to him. And I don't know if they're going to pay off on that because we've talked about like now, like obviously they have to avoid Luke because if they don't avoid Luke, it's going to be another one of those things where it's like, okay, well, Luke shows up and he fucking destroyed him and end of the, of, of the show. But that's what I was looking for in this show is a moment where it's like, and I'll, I'll use Harry Potter. One of the best villains I've seen in a long time. And like, this is going to sound fucking stupid. Voldemort and Harry Potter. Like if you haven't seen Harry Potter, you're not a Harry Potter fan. Like the whole lead up was similar to the lead up to the Thrawn stuff. It's like whispers. Thrawn's coming back. Whispers. I mean, Harry, Harry Potter is Star Wars, right? I mean, we, we've all identified that. It's definitely like follows a similar thing, but yeah, like if chose, you chosen ones yeah, and foils and very similar. But like, if you look at the lead up to like Harry Potter with Voldemort, there's yeah. whispers. He's coming back. He's coming yeah. back. And then it's like, there are people out there. It's like, oh, he'll, he'll never come back. It's not, even if he does, not a big deal. He comes back and he takes the fuck over and he kills everybody in his way. And we get the same thing with Thrawn. Thrawn's coming back. You whispers, know, that's, whispers, a, whispers. that's a great point about the Potter, at least the movies. And I'm sure the books were the same, but I can't read words. But if you think about it, Nick, even though the good guys ultimately won in every film, Voldemort also scored a victory in dude, his return. Dude, like, but that's the thing. It's like they, there were defi- like, yeah, like, th- like it's kind of the same thing with like, uh, you know, like, you know, the hero always skirts out. But like th- in the fourth, like that fourth movie, when he comes, when he fully comes yeah, back, and kills Cedric and all. Yeah, it's like Harry is literally. Like he has to watch his friend die in front of his eyes and he has to watch the guy who killed his parents be fully resurrected in front of his face with nothing that he could do about it. Like how powerful is that shit? And then in this, we can't reach the ship in time. All right. You, you finally (laughs) sold me a little bit on your argument. I'll give you that. The, the, the Harry Potter analogy was, was well done. Young Nick. And it's like, 
and when way he to, takes way to over, really put a fucking dot on yeah. the eye on your Thrawn yeah. argument for sure. And like, <laughs> I'll give it to you, dude. When you, Voldemort, you, you, you're making sense. When Voldemort takes over, there's a scene, one of the fucking most brutal scenes I've ever seen, and this is in a kids' movie. All, the Dark Council, like all of his Death Eaters, are sitting on a table. Like, and and the shot goes like this: He's at the head of the table. All of his dark, all of his Death Eaters are there, and you feel the intimidation that he strikes into his own followers. Yeah, they're having this conversation. They zoom out, and he has one of the one of the Hogwarts teachers floating above the table, bound by his magic, and then is torturing her actively in front of these people and mm-hmm. then eventually lets the snake kill her. Like, holy shit, that's how you make a villain. Like, this Thrawn doesn't even feel like he has that in him. And, like, if you're going to use... If you're going to use a villain as the crux of your entire MCU-style in-game fucking crossover shit, that's who I want to see. Not some guy who's like... Get all the boxes in the ship. We only got 15 minutes. It doesn't feel as powerful. Fuck. I, I, hey, there, there's no challenge to that, man. I mean, listen, I, I still like live action Thrawn, but you sold <laughs> me much more on your argument. You, you, you got me there. I mean, it's a movie. It's a book. It, it's, a, it's a great analogy for a stupid person like myself. Sold. This so, is like uh, like great a hey, great way, yeah, to end the Thrawn hate. <laughs> that that is what a fucking educated argument. And I ain't fucking around. Like I, I'm not sitting here patronizing him. I was like, holy shit, he's he's making some really fucking good points here, people. I don't know if anyone's left listening to this show, but you're gonna get some fucking Opus mm-hmm. AI clips on that motherfucker. Yeah, I, I hope he, he, Opus he just he just dry, well. Fuck it, man. I'm going to type Harry Potter into the fucking yeah, keyword. It, you better, better find out. it. It'll come out. <laughs> but man, yeah, I mean, that was, that was pretty excellent. I I'll get, that was good. I, you got this guy. I'm usually ready to fucking quickly respond to anything. I'm, I'm fucking kneecapped right now. So anything else or should we move into the fan segment? I think that's it. I think that's it. But you know what? I, like I said, at the end of the last one, you know, the series is over now. They have a ton of time to develop Thrawn into like a really strong villain, a la Voldemort, a la some of the other Star Wars villains in history. He'll fuck up the New Republic, at least. Yeah, I mean, so, he'll fuck them up. But that's what I was looking for. If like okay. people were like unclear I, on like what I was looking for, that's what I was looking I for. I was. I've been clarified. That was excellent. Because at the end of Harry Potter, when that motherfucker disintegrates, you're like, Holy shit. Because I went into the last book, having read all of them, legitimately being like, if Harry Potter loses and gets killed in this, it honestly wouldn't surprise me. Like, And he it, does. Like, yeah. I was just going to say. And he gets fucking they, killed. They kill the hero. <laughs> yeah. So, like, when, I, when that happened, I was like, holy shit, they did it. Uh, and yeah. I was like, wow. Like, they really fucking, they aced it. And, like, people have issues with those movies and stuff, too. But, like, villain-wise, they fucking nailed it. And what was the back door? How was he able to come back to life again? Like they, they did some weird shit with that too. It was like some fucky hero shit, but like essentially like the, he, so he yeah, was he, holding the resurrection stone and he, stuff he like Luke that. Skywalker. Yeah. Like, saying, right? you know, he, okay. he, he essentially gets killed and like sent to this, like, <laughs> it's like 
side death entrance where it's like he talk he has a, a conversation with Dumbledore and like a fetus, you know, right? Like yeah. like Voldemort's fetus, at least and in the movie. And it and basically what it was is like when when he killed Harry, what he really did was kill the Horcrux that was connected, like killed Voldemort's Horcrux that was connected to Harry at the same time. So like while they're both in this like death realm, it was like Harry was the one that was strong enough to come back, not Voldemort's essence. And that's kind of how they got it. All right. Well, I'm going to give Travis the floor real quick. What's intimidating about Thrawn is that constant look of awareness. He always has almost a smirk. He isn't the killer, but knows how people will kill each other and themselves. Now, hold on. (laughs) We're not trying to trigger Nick again. I I do think that's a, that's a fair statement. That's all I was going to say. It's fair statement. Okay. All right, let's, let's. Yeah, no, that was an excellent end of your argument. So I just want to, we'll, we'll leave it at that. All right, we got a little bit of time. Let's go ahead and do the fan segment. See, this is where if we were doing the Pat McAfee show in the Thunderdome, we could have someone hit the music and we'd be like, da, 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 do, 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 like a bunch of meatheads. I love being a meathead. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, Nick, go ahead and, and let's set this shit up as I get screen switched around here. All right. Yes. So to kick off the fan segment every week, we start off with the question of the week during live Star Wars shows. Our question of the week is always what is your favorite or least favorite moment from that episode? Ours this week was what is your favorite or least favorite moment from season one of Ahsoka? So to kick this off, we have our responses from our Instagram. Make sure to follow us on our Instagram at starwarstime.show. It's pretty much the same people every week because we're being throttled right mm-hmm. now and only about four of you see our stuff. So make sure yeah. you like us on IG, you turn on notifications for starwarstime.show, or you look in Discord. Let's go. There we go. So to kick off the responses, it's 2797 underscore studios. Our good friend, he's in the chat all the time. Uh, he says, I enjoyed the episode as a whole. I guess he, he read the, the question s- wrong, Bat. Yeah, the season as a whole. <laughs> there was a lot of great moments. Felt like the pace was perfect. Total sense of urgency, but Thrawn was methodical and unrushed. Had confidence in his plan and path. Seeing the Rebels crew back together and fighting side by side was sick. Fighting off real zombie troopers. More, please. Uh, choreography for the Morgan Ahsoka fight was a thing of beauty. Wasn't disappointed in the end either. Obviously open-ended, but felt satisfied. And of course, Anakin and Morai telling Ahsoka she's no, no, no. right where she belongs. Read it, read it right. Morakai, whoever Morakai, that is. Morakai, yes. Morakai. <laughs> telling Morai, Ahsoka. Morai, brother. Morai, brother. <laughs> that might have been like one of those fucky autocorrects, but who knows? Moraki. More, that, more yeah, Rocky. that's Mariah's yeah. brother, Meraki. Yeah, Meraki. Uh, telling Ahsoka she's right where she belongs. Morris Gods and live action. Yes, please. Can't wait for season two. Hopefully, um, fingers crossed. Uh, Tones one one three eight says got to be the live action Clone Wars scenes and the return of Anakin for sure. There we go. Good stuff. Mando Pirate says there's too many to name. I'll start with Anakin's appearance at the end of Episode Four as it was the Mm -hmm. only time in a Star Wars series I was so awestruck that I couldn't do anything after I saw it. See, Mando, that's why you're better than us and you Mm -hmm. don't spoil shit for yourself. Good for you. Well done. (laughs) Uh, The Clone Wars flashbacks were another of mine because we got to see Ryloth in live action, the the Maul DeLoreans in Captain Rex Phase 1 and 2. Finally seeing all the stuff on Peridia was cool too. This is the best live action Star Wars we've ever seen. 
And I'm a Mando fanboy like no other. Strong mm-hmm. statement. Thank you, Mando. That is Pirate. good stuff. Um, next up, we have League of Extraordinary Sixthers. He says, did a rewatch last night. The duels between Ahsoka and Morgan Elspeth. Still one of the finest moments of athleticism. Morgan is a true master of her art. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, League is a female, but that's all right. She oh, will sorry. excuse <laughs> us there. My bad. Uh, sorry oh, about shit. that. And then last one here. Actually, not last one. Uh, Burkhead Toy says, for me, it was seeing all the Rebels in live action and being a Rebels season five. Sure, sure, sure. And then final one here, uh, Kevin M Boots 77 on Instagram says uh, that it ended and Ray Stevenson passed away. The entire show was good to great IMO. Um, so I guess Which like that for, is his, in my opinion, in case yeah, you didn't know. IMO is in my opinion. <laughs> so he's very upset that that Ray Stevenson passed as are. And, and just the show ending. I mean, he, he wanted Ahsoka to go on for um, to infinity. Yeah, yeah. Never end. All right, that is the question of the week. Thank you, fans. Uh, like I said, it'd be awesome to get more involvement on that. I'm not quite sure how to do it. Maybe put up a poll on YouTube. Who knows? Like Again, we're, we do seem to be sort of a cancer on social media. Sometimes we're good. Sometimes we're literally getting hit with radiation mm-hmm. and kept in a closet. But we're here for you every week. We give you a platform to speak your voice. So now it is time for the top five Star Wars fan artist features, as our announcer likes to call it. Nick, explain how they can get involved while I do the old flippity-dippity. Yes, to get involved in this segment, make sure to follow us at StarWarsTime.show on Instagram and tag us, add tag, add tag at StarWarsTime.show on your Instagram posts. Uh, on your Instagram Star Wars posts, do that, and that will fall. They will fall into our tag section on our uh, profile, and that's where I pull all of the top fivers from, right there, from our tag Hoorah. section. So do that, and that's how you get involved. Oh, look at this first one. This first one's sick as hell. So to, to kick it off, we're starting with at Matea M A T T E A underscore Toy underscore Photography, and this is a little mashup shot so i i this troll i think i don't know if this is like a is this a, a lord of the rings troll or is this i, I a, don't think so it's it's just, there's like fantasy lines of figures people are getting into i'm mythic, assuming it comes from that but mythic yeah, legions. Myth, mythic legions yeah that, so that's there we it go. so what we see here is luke skywalker beheading a massive troll and uh what really like sticks out to the it's just the way that Matea toy photography like added some of these post-processing effects in after he took the shot. So the, the troll's head is fully falling off, but you got this great like sear mark on its neck from where the lightsaber fully decapitated it. This great green swish of the blade as you see it coming down in the arc that Luke took to, to behead it. The, the lightsaber effects themselves are great. The posing of both figures are just absolutely incredible. And in this uh, post too, Matea gives you some of the behind the scenes uh, that he used to, uh, you know, in, in the way that he made this shot happen. And it's just fantastic next level toy photography here from Matea Toy Photography. Nick, I want to give a shout out to Travis Mitchell, our most recent follower and subscriber. You, oh, you want him over. You want him over. Nice. Welcome to the that. club, Travis. We do it every week, usually Tuesday night. Glad to have you thank in the you, family. 
Um, but yes, Matea Toy Photography absolutely killed this yeah, this killed uh, Mythic shot. Legions Star awesome. Wars crossover. Mostly uh, practical, like you said, yes. Indeed. Next up, we have Darth All Bev. Right. The dance, the dance of Paz. The last, yes, the last, yeah, the dance last of Paz dance of Paz. Vizsla. Good one. There you go. Um, and yeah, that's what it is. It is a a recreation last of the of dance the, with Pazzy Jane. <laughs> is is the recreation of the death of Paz Vizsla, and it is at the hands of obviously the uh the Praetorian Guard uh that we were introduced to in the sequel trilogy, but then obviously showed up. Yeah, it in, works. It works. The, you know, you know, like you know. Still works. Very good shot, though. Uh, you see Paz fighting off the Praetorian guards um, and ultimately will fall to their blades. It, at the it's end. just, I mean, dude, to me, it's, it's a great fucking pose on, on Paz in yeah. particular. But the, the feeling of movement and action is strong in this shot. And that, that's definitely the seller here. 100%. I mean, fantastic stuff does a really good job of like trying to recreate that bunker on Mandalore as well where all of it went down. So uh, well done at Darth underscore Bev on Instagram. Next up. Sad Rex. This is sad, sad boy Rex here. And this is from (laughs) at Moo underscore. Oh, little Rexy. KW. So it's at M-U-U underscore K-W-M-R. Moo Quamer. It is, it is sad boy Rex. Like this is, this is probably Rex in the, in the, in the break in battle on the battlefield, you can see he's like sitting in a trench. He probably watched some of his brothers in arms get cut down yeah, at the dude. hands of the CIS. I mean, th- 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 I'm just going to say this is the the episode where he thinks he lost Echo. Oh, yeah. No, that's you know, a when good Echo kind of blows up. I'm, I'm just saying that this is it. He's sitting down reflecting on that bumming out i don't know if fives was already gone but you know he's starting to lose his his crew yeah his comrades are are falling and um it's an absolutely like killer shot oh yeah very emotional i mean you know it's not i'm not gonna say it's a difficult pose but it it, 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 moves still got him set up in a way where you can just feel defeat um, you know, just war torn, all the damage it's doing to him uh, emotionally, physically, just absolutely wasted from war. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and Moo did a great job of capturing this, even for like mm-hmm. a helmeted character, yeah, just like the can, body you language. You can feel it. Yep. You yeah. can feel the pain hundred percent. So, excellent job at M-U-U underscore K-W-M-R on whoop, Instagram. Whoop. Uh, next up is at Pizza Lover Mac, and they hit us with an awesome shot of. Do you think that our, means they like pizza and macaroni and cheese? Probably. Or is their name Mac and they're a pizza lover? It could it could be the that one as well. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I love pizza and macaroni and cheese, yeah. so I'm gonna go with that one. Um, gives us a good shot of our night owls here. So we got in the front, of course, the 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 lead night owl, Bo Katan Kree, in the back, Casca Reeves. Looks like they've just taken out a death trooper. And they're working mm-hmm. their way through potentially uh, war-torn streets of is this is this on Navarro? Is this could this be on Navarro? Kind of looks Navarro-ish. Could be on a sure. different planet as well. Um, but just a good job posing the figures uh, and and really like setting it up to 
put our put our heroes in a situation where they're fighting their way through a a, a dangerous cityscape. Yeah, now th- these are I think this is like some of the last line of black series I collected and they are they are prime. They're still sitting in a box, so I might get rid of them one day, but they they are good-looking black series figures, those night owls. Good stuff. All right, Nick, I'm, I'm trying to load up Adrian's shot here, so just yeah. give me a second. Adrian hates us at Action Figure Snaps. He does not <laughs> let us embed his shots on our website. Nope. Um, but I'll get, I'll get it for you. Here we go. Uh, it's go. Fa- it's like, up. Up and full. Yeah, Actually, the shots look better if we pull them up on Instagram on just <laughs> instead like of our shitbag site. Yep. Um, but what we see here is a shot from the finale of ahsoka season one and it is when our heroes are chopping and shooting their way through the zombie storm troopers the zombie troopers that have been resurrected by the night sisters after they had already all been killed the first time they're killing them the second time um but it's a great shot great posing and in uh effects added here by action figure snaps you see ahsoka and sabine on the stairs backing up deflecting laser bolts and then shooting them back at their resurrected zombie combatants. Oh yeah, there's even some green smoke down yeah. there and green some, eyeballs. I nice got touch some there, Adrian. Green smoke. Got the one guy on dead on the bottom with the green eye. But yeah, it's a it's a great shot that captures our heroes killing off their once resurrected stormtrooper foes. Well, yeah, it's not that's nice, nice little custom, you know, zombie Thrawn troopers, whatever you want, or night troopers, I guess, is what they're yeah, called. Night, yeah, night troopers. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, Adrian's the dude. I wonder if he's still working at that t shirt store. It's been a while, right? <laughs> Come on, Adrian, get your ass in here, send, send some shirts or super chat. Let's go. <laughs> and that's it. That's the end of the top five, and that's the Woo-hoo! end of our show. A long one Woo. to close out Ahsoka. Uh, but Matt, go ahead and close us out. Yeah, shit, people. I mean, come on. We really had nothing to even talk about this week, and you get a two-part show. 282, P1, P2. Back-to-back, you'll have the audio version dropping next week on the platforms. And you're saying, hey, man, what do you mean platforms? What are you talking about? Well, that's why we send you over to StarWarsTime.net, where you can find all of our pretty platforms, all right? So StarWarsTime.net, that's our home base we do the podcast on traditional podcast networks as well. So we record it, do the live, and then usually a day after. It shows up on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher. We're everywhere. We just need you to come with us, okay? If you do join us on the podcast networks, let's do some ratings and reviews. I saw, you know, we have a few on Spotify. Keep that up. iTunes, obviously. I can't tell you all how much that helps us when you rate and review our content. That's that goes to the clips we're putting out now to the my comic book breakdowns the more interactions we get from you fandos you loyalists the better our lives will be at least mine remember Nick's the one that's got his head screwed on straight i'm the one that still has a deep void within my soul that needs to be told he's awesome and people like to listen to him about star wars best way to do that is to pad our numbers Subscribe, rate, review, comment, notifications, share, save, do it all. Tell the algos how much you love us and we will only continue to get smaller. All right, people, we love you. Appreciate all you taking up two nights this week to come have some fun with us. Um, You know what? I'm I'm, I'm kind of uh, 
I'm a bit of a homer here, but I, I think we fucking killed it today. I think there was some great conversation about Star Wars, the business side of Star Wars, the business side of streaming, Nick's fucking epic opus on fucking Thrawn and Harry Potter. My God, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get that shit anywhere else, especially with the colorful language that I add to the show. <laughs> So don't forget, people, there's always time for Star Wars time. And if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you. Always. Always.